<laughs> sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast and share it with all your friends, but the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes. Gary Hoffman. Yeah. Baby. Shannon Farron. But I'm not going to brag about how much ass I kick, but let's just say I kicked every single ass. Gary and Shannon. So I get a text from Conway, and it says, Chase, Channel 9. And I usually love those, right? So I turn off Game of Thrones, which I'm catching up on, by the way. I'm in the fourth episode. You mean you're starting. That, that show's just all about sex. Like, the reason that everyone loves that show is because you're watching legal porn, because it's on HBO <laughs> during the daylight. Like... That's why I'm convinced that's why everyone loves the show. Huh. Okay. I mean, it's really well done. It's really well done. There's a legal lot porn. of sex going on. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so I turn that off and I uh, turn on Channel 9, and there's Pat Harvey, and we're doing this chase. And the, I don't know if you saw the end of it. No. But it was I got away, didn't terrible. It was terrible. Well, there were four chases, I think, yesterday. Yeah. But the one I'm talking about was in the middle of the afternoon. And it was over at an intersection that I'm at constantly. And it's right on Orange Grove there in Pasadena when you're getting on the 210 eastbound. Mm -hmm. And this work truck plows into a small black SUV, just T-bones it in the intersection. This guy's doing at least 45. T-bones it. And that car spins out and comes to a rest there was only one black and white behind him at this point, so he doesn't have any backup. So he's got his guns drawn and trained on the work truck while whoever is in the black SUV. And who and who is it? Is it a family? Is it a mother and her kid? What are we dealing with? And it's it's totaled, and you're just watching it, and the airbags are deployed, and there's no movement coming from inside. No one's going to this car because there's no backup there yet. Right. So, like, three minutes go by or whatever it takes for Pasadena PD to show up, and then another three minutes before the firefighters get there. And then I was just riveted watching this team of firefighters from Station 31 peel this car apart. I mean, with all of the tools. They had to use every tool in their toolbox to get that thing, the jaws of life, the whole bit. And they're just slowly peeling this, this car apart. And everyone's speculating because they haven't gone into their paramedics bag yet. So maybe she's okay or he's okay or they don't need an IV. But it was just that they couldn't get to the person. 
And so then they get the IV stuff out and they finally get to the person. They bring the stretcher over and uh, are able to get this woman on on the stretcher and into the ambulance. Pat Harvey tweeted an update that she is in serious but stable condition, this woman. And she was the only person in the vehicle. But, I mean, we all love a good chase, right? But this one ended ends horrendously. Like I mean, I was almost in tears over this when I'm watching this thing. And so you because can't... here's this unsuspecting woman. She's just sitting in this intersection waiting to turn right to get on the 210, just having a normal afternoon and out of nowhere, complete blindside hit. And you can't replicate that. I mean, we're talking about you, t- you turned off Game of Thrones. I mean, as intriguing and, and enthralling as that p- perhaps is to a lot of people, you can never replicate reality when it comes to a show like that. You can come close to it. You get glimpses of it. That's why people like This Is Us and uh, the old uh, Parenthood show on yeah. NBC. Because it was it's one of those, like, you could you could relate to some things. But something like that is, you cannot replicate that. Yeah. So I texted Conway back. Thanks a lot for that. <laughs> Thanks for that. He didn't make you. I know. Uh, later on in the show, we're going to be talking about the president on his way to California. He is going to be down at the border first today. Steve Gregory is actually down there as well. And uh, we'll talk with him later in the show. And then the president moves on back up here to Los Angeles. He is supposed to land at LAX sometime uh, the two thirty, three o'clock time zone, something like that, and then helicopter over to the Santa Monica airport and then drive into Beverly Hills. So, again, we will see some presidential traffic uh, issues, shall we say. He's not staying overnight after the fundraiser tonight. He is on his way to Vegas, we understand. So we'll talk about that coming up. Um, also, more Joe Biden stuff, especially in Swamp Watch, made his first appearance since uh, there were complaints about his behavior and apparently used some humor to try to defuse the situation. So uh, we'll talk about what he was saying. Your chance at $1,000 is coming up in a few. Oh, and the nine news nuggets you need to know. That's what we're doing on Fridays now. That's what we do. But Um, we start with this bizarre story. Yesterday, we told you it was big news. Could it be Timothy Pitson, a boy who went missing at the age of six in 2011? And did he surface in Kentucky yesterday? No. He did not. It was instead a 23-year-old man from Ohio with a criminal record who had just watched a true crime story about this missing boy a couple weeks ago and decided to pass himself off as said missing boy. Brian Michael Rinney is the guy's name and said that he was Pitson, that he had run across that bridge in Ohio after escaping a couple of kidnappers. Some odd things showed up initially because he refused to provide fingerprints when he was talking to investigators who met him at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. But authorities did say he stuck by it, claimed that he was 14-year-old Timothy Pitson, but he did agree to DNA testing. And when officers confronted him with the results that showed that he was not, and by the way, we did that right before the end of the show yesterday, he immediately copped to being a phony. And the US, uh, a U.S. attorney spoke today said that he had seen, like you said, Timothy's story on an episode of 2020 and tried to cook up this idea to impersonate him in order to get away from his own family. By the way, his own brother, uh, Rennie's own brother, Jonathan, said, my brother does really stupid stuff. He's been doing stupid stuff, not this serious, but he's been doing stupid stuff for as long as I can remember. He has several mental issues. 
Um, speaking on behalf of the government that's now going to be charging this guy with some serious crimes. The crime in this case is uh, punishable by up to eight years in federal prison because it does involve a line with respect to a material matter about an investigation that involves sex trafficking of children. And then Ben Glassman also talked about the impact on the real Timothy Pitson's family. I can only imagine the kind of pain that they have been through and that this episode has caused for them. Yeah, and as for that, it was a lot of pain. Uh, Kara Jacobs is the boy's aunt, and she said it's like we're reliving the day all over again. And Timothy's father is devastated once again, as are we. About the father, one of the reasons this guy said he lied and made it up is because he wanted a father like Timothy's father. He liked the father that he saw on that 2020 episode and wanted a father like that. Um, Timothy's grandmother, Alana Anderson, tried to hide her disappointment as she struggled for composure during this brief news conference outside her home in Antioch. This is about 60 miles north of Aurora. She said her prayer has always been that when Timothy was old enough, he would find us if we couldn't find him. She says she held out hope that if he's in a place where he's communication with the media or a computer, that he'll remember us enough to look for us. And I think he will. He's a very smart guy. And you just think about that being the family and knowing he was just six years old when when he was taken or disappeared. Um, you wonder how much he remembers about his family if he's still alive. Yeah, and it's I, I don't even remember the details of the relationship between mom and dad. So as, I have as, those. Oh, good. Because yeah. I was going to say, I know that they were estranged, but I didn't understand. Because dad, the day that Timothy uh, disappeared, dad was the one who took him to school. And right. mom came and pulled him out of school about an hour later. Exactly. She pulls him out of school. She takes her son on this three-day trip that included uh, water and amusement parks. They went to the zoo During that time, she maintained contact with family members but did not contact her husband. Three days later, she's found dead. She had committed suicide in this motel room in Rockford, Illinois. And in her suicide note, she said that Timothy was safe but that he would never be found. Now, since his son vanished, James has moved from the family's original home in Aurora to Clinton, Iowa. Um, But... Yeah, she committed suicide, they said, by slitting her wrists and neck inside that motel room. She also had taken an overdose of amphetamines. So it looks like Timothy was born after dad overcame Hodgkin's lymphoma. He successfully battled Hodgkin's lymphoma. And he had worried if the chemo had made him sterile. So when... Timothy was born, it meant that much more. Kind of a miracle then. Um, Mom apparently had gone missing from time to time. Like she had struggled with depression. Dad says that in 2003, this is eight years before the little boy went missing and she killed herself, that, that he got a call saying that his wife had been sitting on the edge of a cliff and had taken some pills. And then he said that mom fell asleep on that cliff and rolled off of it. And then a few months before Timothy vanished, mom had taken two unexplained trips into the Illinois countryside. And so investigators thought this was evidence that mom had been planning the abduction of her son for months. Well, and and we don't 
she had an alternate email address that she was using, using her maiden name that the husband didn't even know about. And remember, she said in the suicide note something to the effect of uh, Timothy will be safe, but you'll never find him. And there were tr- uh, credit card receipts that showed that she had recently purchased some new clothes and some new toys for him. Whether she dropped him off with somebody or gave gave right. him to somebody right. was never clear. So apparently mom and dad began to fight over everything after Timothy was born, including money. And at one point she booked a cruise with a friend for her birthday without telling dad. And he told CNN that his wife's biggest fear was that the state was going to take her son away over her mental issues. He says he told People magazine at one point he needed a, a lot of therapy in, under, in order to understand his wife's illness and to forgive her. She had been married three times before she met dad. Uh, You're like, ah, you well, know, you I, always do that when somebody's <laughs> got multiple marriages. You're well, like, ah, OK, there's, there's got to be a huh. What do you think the common uh, denominator in the, is in those three broken marriages and now four? Yeah. Hmm. Is it is it all she's picking wrong or is there something going on with mom upstairs that's not making it right? It's just so sad. Uh, did you see the picture, by the way, of this guy? Yes. Uh, he's rocking a five o'clock shadow. Yeah. You're not 14, sir. I mean, I've seen some I've seen some kids, you know, with a little bit of a just a wisp of a mustache and well, everything. But it, not- it just seemed like this one was uh, was hokey from the beginning and that the authorities there knew that this wasn't the kid. Well, because I remember when Elizabeth Smart was found, like I remember where I was when I heard the ABC News yeah. breaking news update. And it was her, no doubt, right away. You knew it. And this it was like nobody was getting everyone was so tentative. Like, why would this, you know, they knew that there was, the gut feeling was that this person was lying. And, oh, yes, he has a beard. Yeah, but could you imagine if you're the if you're the family, if you're Timothy Pitson's family, and this story got out that there's a kid claiming to be T- Timothy Pitson, I would have been oh, frustrated at the police the for having the information out there before it was confirmed. Yeah, that's a good point. Because of the nature of how important that story is. I mean, if... if um trying to think of some high-profile case here in California that we could, I don't know. Um, Denise Huskins. Denise Huskins, fine. No, let's not, <laughs> not do that, that one. one. Um, Kevin Collins, to go way back, wow. to go like three, three and a half decades back. That was a story that I remember, remember because I was a kid about his age, yeah. and I remember the disappearance was so jarring. Yeah. And the, just that haunting picture of him, I can still see this. Him, he's writing on a chalkboard at school, and he's looking back over his shoulder. That's the only picture I remember of that kid. And the idea that it would stick in your mind for a decade later, in this case it's only uh, eight years, but still, that part of the country knew that story uh, of Timothy Pitson very well because it was so high profile when it happened and because of the every once in a while they'll bubble up a new sighting. Uh, somebody says they think they saw Timothy Pitson. So – the idea then that the police would have this story out there without having some sort of confirmation one way or the other, because that's got to be, I mean, this lifting up of the family, this elation that you would feel that the information that there's a chance that Timothy was in fact found. And then the letdown, the incredible letdown once again, that it wasn't in, it wasn't even Timothy. But I want to talk a little bit about this guy's criminal record. Uh, he's clearly got some mental issues. We'll do that. But first, we have a thousand bucks to give away. Win a thousand dollars right now. 
text the nationwide keyword COFFEE, C-O-F-F-E-E, to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's COFFEE to 200-200. If you win, they'll give you a call, but you got to answer that phone to pick up $1,000. But we got $1,000 bucks we are giving away every hour during this show, during the John and Ken show, and... The first hour of the Conway show. I just went down the Kevin Collins hole because I haven't heard that name in years. Kevin Collins was one of the first kids to appear on milk cartons. Yeah. Used to put missing kids on, on the milk cartons because, uh, you know, everyone had them. Um, he was taken from San Francisco. It was, he was a fourth grader in St. Agnes in the Haight-Ashbury district. They lived on Sutter Street. And February 10th, 1984, he leaves early from basketball practice in the school's gym between 6.10 and 6.30. One of his older brothers, named Gary, 11 years old, would have normally gone with him to basketball practice but was homesick that day. So he's last seen at about 5 to 8 p.m. at the corner of Oak and Masonic waiting for the number 43 bus. He was seen talking to a tall, blonde-haired man, and he was never seen or heard from again. Do you remember this picture right here? This is the one I'm talking about, where he's writing his name on a chalkboard. Oh my and he's gosh! Looking back so over eerie. Um, parents, like they often do, divorced after this. In 2013, and I had forgotten about this, police served a search warrant on a house in 1100 block of Masonic, right near where he was last seen. They removed the concrete floor because cadaver dogs indicated the possible presence of human remains. But it looks like it was from an animal, not a human. And a month later, back in 2013, they released an age-enhanced image to show what Kevin may look like at 39 years old. Yeah. Just to think of him as 39 years old and what... What does that do for when you're that much older? You know, I mean, you're you're living your life. You you were abducted. Let's just say Kevin Collins is alive. Right. He was taken by somebody for how long? I don't know. And then he goes on to he's still not you know, he's not a 39 year old in a basement somewhere. He's probably. I mean, he could be. I mean, that's terrifying to think about. That's but, hey, we're surprised by these stories all the time about the Turpin kids have been living in that house for how long or or a, a J.C. Dugard or something like that was in the backyard yeah, for right. years her, at a time. In her 30s, too, I think. Right. I mean, all, it's just it's a bizarre thing. But I remember that was the story because I was he was 10. He was 10 when he was uh, when he disappeared. I was 11. And yeah. it was just it See, just that was jarring class moment. for me. She was the same age as me. Now, that's weird. That's weird to me. Not not because you're younger, but I mean, if she was the same age, then Polly Class would have been in her 30s now. Yeah. That's a bizarre story. Well, anyway, this guy who claims to have been Timothy Pitson is facing some serious charges outside of just the misdemeanor charges of making a false report. The chance that he's going to have to uh, um, may, in fact, be brought up on federal charges, kind of what the U.S. attorney was suggesting. But this is not a new thing for this guy. In October th- uh, of 2013, he pleaded guilty to something called falsification, which could have just been, you know, uh, forging a check or something like that. April 2015, also passing bad checks. That's only a fifth degree felony. June of 2015, no contest uh, to dialing 911 to po- falsely claim to police that his ex-girlfriend was going to commit suicide. 
Hmm. November of that year, no contest, two counts of theft. December of that year, no contest after writing a series of bad checks. Uh, August 2016, making false alarms about law enforcement. December 2016, no contest to theft charges. July, this is the one that was that he just got out of jail for about a month ago. No contest to uh, disorderly conduct and criminal trespass after he broke into a home, caused $1,200 worth of damage after he threw an elaborate house party. He claimed to have been a, a prospective home buyer and threw a party inside a model home. Wow. He spent 18 months in prison and was released just last month. I know mental hospitals aren't perfect or weren't perfect, but they've got to be better than having people out on the street like this that are getting in trouble repeatedly. You've got the brother. Wasn't it refreshing to hear the brother, by the way, say, yeah, he's been in trouble our whole life. He's got a lot of mental things going on. It's just refreshing to hear somebody tell the truth instead of, oh, no, he's a good guy. That's my brother. And. Yeah, the brother, Jonathan, said that uh, that he had stopped going to treatment for several mental health issues. And his quote to a TV station in Chicago was, I'd tell the family that I'm sorry for what he's done. But for him, I won't even speak to him, is what he said about his own his own brother. So just a, I mean, you, the, the idea of going down this hole of the Kevin Collins stories, the Polly Class stories. I mean, Polly Class, there was a conclusion to it. Um, but but the Kevin Collins thing is one of those that always floated sort of – in fact, I remember when the Polly Class story was going on after she had been kidnapped and before they found her body. Kevin Collins was one of those stories that was brought back up. Hey, do you remember right. it was just 15 years ago or however long the difference was, the time difference, 10 years ago, that, that we, you know, we went – crazy to try to find Kevin Collins and we never could. Those were always and are still to me like the most chilling stories of children getting abducted. And then never seen again. Right. Uh, Les wrote to us on Facebook. Shouldn't this guy posing as as Timothy get a free pass like Jesse Smollett got? Makes you think, doesn't it? Here's this guy lying about his identity to cops. He's going to He's going to get in trouble well, for but it. Why? I mean, because he's because he's got some mental issues. I think Les is just trying to point out that Jesse Smollett should not have been. Ah, uh, well, yes. Let go. We agree with that. But yeah. OK, when we come back. Uh, the president on his way to the border today. We'll update that trip. Talk about what he's going to see and what he's going to be doing here in California, specifically in Los Angeles a little bit later today. Gary and Shannon will continue. <laughs> be a great debate at some point if hey, we had quick, time uh, for the show quick gas go around yeah. here blake this is um i don't know why it came up actually i do but it's not important but here's the here's the quick gas go around Fire up that music body wash body wash yes or no blake now i'm not asking you do you wash your body specifically do you use Body wash. Like, will I go bar or body wash? Right. Yes. I'm I'm bar unless bar runs out. Okay, are you out. a bar and a wash rag? Yes. I, I, I'm I really afraid of people being able to smell me. 
So I okay, washed but- my entire body twice, like bar and then. <laughs> I you know what? This was the worst <laughs> scouts yeah. go around. Yeah, I I, we ever called for. We gotta finish. We gotta no, finish. We yes, no, hold we, your breath. We no, gotta finish. Gotta, Fight through it, Nick. Body wash. Yeah, I'm the same as Blake. I don't want to be. I don't want to admit any. Sort Got of it, smell. Victor. Body wash. Really? Yeah. On a loofah or just in your palm? No, on a loofah. Never would have figured for that guy. But all right, Amy. Mostly bar. Mostly bar. Really? The body wash, wash is an extra step. Wash you have to rag? get out the wa- what? Do you put bar with a wash rag? No. Okay. Just bar. Just bar. I'm with you. The just wash the rag's bar. the extra step, but I just uh, don't have the time. Here's the thing: the wash this. rag's going to uh, get a bunch of gunk on it. Oh, and exactly. And that's a dirty yeah, piece of cloth at that point. I agree. And you, uh, body wash, body wash usually with the with the loofah. With the loofah. You are. Yeah. You and Victor? Yeah. I feel so different now about you guys. Really? Yeah. Well, once in a while, I'll use a bar. Uh, there's a specific bar I like. It's called um, Karma, and it's from Lush. And it's really... Everything Lush is great. Yeah, it's like got this patchouli smell that's not wildly offensive. It's really kind of nice. I'll be the judge of it. Just Dove White, man. That's yeah, all you need. Like Dove. <laughs> it's a straight... It's great. Costco Kirkland brand white soap. It's all good. That's fine. All right. Anyway, that, I don't know... That's going to start. Here's the. That's going to be the. Uh, now the, that we all know how we wash ourselves, the, God. Yeah, what's going to be the Apple discussion of 2019? I feel like I feel like Joe Biden just gave me Eskimo oh. kisses. And here's the thing: people are going to be so mad at Amy and I for just doing bar of soap, and some people are going to be oh so mad at you and I Victor for falling trap to the body wash loofah. No, it's exfoliating, Gary. You've got to exfoliate. Korean scrubber. Oh, you use a Korean scrubber. What's if a I Korean have to, scrubber? if I feel like I have to exfoliate, how often do you exfoliate? Mm, I don't know. Probably Once not that often. No, not enough. Off. You're Literally. like a tarp. A, a tarp, like a blue tarp. Like my skin is like a blue tarp. Is that? I know exactly where you were going. I'm trying to save you. Stop talking. <laughs> President Trump is on his way to California today. <clears throat> And is expected to uh, to land relatively soon down in El Centro, make his way down to Calexico to see how things are going there along the border. Has a roundtable that he's going to be uh, talking about border mm-hmm. issues with a bunch of people from that area. Steve Gregory is actually down there in about 1230. We're going to check in with him and see how things are going. Here's what the president said this morning. Uh, I never changed my mind at all. Uh, I may shut it down at some point, but I'd rather do tariffs. So Mexico, I have to say, has been very, very good. You know that over the last four days since I talked about shutting down the border. It's weird how he says things like I never changed my mind when you can look back at the tweet from seven days ago, eight days ago, whatever it was, and said, I'm going to shut it down next week unless Mexico steps up. Well, language is fluid, isn't it? I suppose. Um, He is headed to L.A., Beverly Hills. They say he's got a pair of fundraisers. Then he's going to go to Vegas for another reelection fundraiser and to address the Republican Jewish Coalition, which is backed by Sheldon Adelson, of course. Um, I'm confused that I haven't seen any alerts here on the Associated Press Wire about any sort of protests in the streets. I you know, assumed that point. he would be protested in Los Angeles. Well, you know he will at some point. Um, the plan is, uh, at least at last check, that he would land at LAX sometime uh, after about two thirty, three o'clock. And then from there, they helicopter over, I believe, to a landing zone in the at the Santa Monica Airport or near the San, Santa Monica Airport. And then drive from there to the destination in Beverly Hills for the uh, for the event tonight. 
And like you said, not staying in town tonight. He'll be in Vegas later on tonight for the speech tomorrow, I believe. Um, the the guess who's going to greet? I don't know if greet is the right word. Javier Becerra, who apparently has nothing else to do but to pee into the wind. President Trump's actions to divert funding to fulfill a vanity project violates our Constitution and our laws. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is time for us to make it clear that if you want to build something using taxpayer money, you got to get permission. I don't mind uh, when people say things are unconstitutional or not, but the attorney general in the state of California does not get to decide whether something is constitutional or not. And I have I have full faith in the uh, nine Supreme Court justices that they will make a decision and declare something constitutional or not. They're all driving out of their lane, aren't they? Javier yeah. Becerra, Gavin Newsom, they're all out of their lane. But that's what you have to do as a Democrat in California. you got to square off against the man in the big house right now because that's what's popular. The Democrats in California are still so angry about this presidency and so angry about the whole bit that that is what is going to move you politically in this state. It's going to move you on up. Well, I wonder what it will take for people to start electing state representatives, state legislators, because they will do things for the state of California. And to me, fighting against the president does nothing for the state of California. You don't gain in standing. All you do is piss off the guy in the White House. He ends up cutting funding. He ends up uh, reducing our stature when it comes to any sort of national debate because he doesn't give a damn about it. And, and why would he? Why would he? It's it's a frustrating, you know, spinning of the wheels, although because because to sorry to quote Jesse Smollett, because Javier Becerra goes so hard at 45 he feels better and he feels like he's doing something for me or for you or for us or for the state of California. And it's not. It, it doesn't do anything. I don't want you to ever quote Jesse Smollett again. He does not own that phrase. You don't have to credit him with it unless you're going to use the phrase. I am never going to be the man that this did not happen to. Then you definitely have to quote Jesse on that. And I still don't even get it. Is he saying he didn't do it? Double negatives. It, Double negatives. Uh, or is he saying it did happen and I'm never going to be that guy? Or he is that I don't I don't know. <clears throat> Here we go. We've got our first bar or body wash comment. Yes, this is going to be the how the day goes. Hit us up on Twitter at Gary and Shannon. Laura wrote to us. That was funny. Bar or body wash. I am bar, although I do have many body washes given as gifts. I don't have time for that extra step. It's true. Body wash is a pretty regular thing in the good old gift basket, isn't it? But they don't do. Here's my here. Wash your body. Here's my gauge. And what's that saying when you get that as a gift? (laughs) Exactly. It's kind of funny. I never stopped and thought about it. It's like you might smell bad. You know, there's some people, you know, around the workplace, and I'm sure we're not the only ones who deal with this. But, you know, there's some people who could wash themselves better. Sure. Right. And you never know what to say to those people. Like, how do you have that conversation with that guy? Right. Now we know you just get him a gift basket and you put some body wash up in there. Yeah. But what else is in the gift basket? A loofah. No, maybe a washcloth if if you want to go that route. I mean, you got to pad it with something. Yeah, you got to okay. you got to like a six pack, Pringles, yeah. a six pack, and, and a raw bo- onion, perhaps. a raw onion and body wash. There you go, sunflower seeds. Sunflower seeds. Every guy likes sunflower seeds. I think we did some real work here today. Why is it that hotels don't have body wash? 
They do. More expensive. I don't think I've ever seen a hotel. You get your little bottle of shampoo. Maybe it's a shampoo slash conditioner. A lot of them have body wash. Yeah, they, have body. Yeah. they have body wash. Yeah. Maybe I'm staying in the wrong place. Yeah, you're staying. Mm-hmm. If you're staying in only bar places, mm. that's not good. You know the problem is I choose the rustic Airbnb. That's the thing. Yeah. That, so I I used someone else's bar. Yeah. The last time you booked a place, it was a crime scene. So maybe we let the wife handle that from now on. It's a great idea. <clears throat> Speaking of Anthony Weiner, yes. Speaking of who, of what? Bar or body wash? Okay. What do you think for Anthony Weiner? Definitely a bar. All right, we'll talk about Anthony Weiner and his new headline when we come back to Gary and Shannon. By the way, ten fifty. We've clearly gone off the rails already at this point. <laughs> We're going to need a towel. Uh, she just spit in the corner. No, it was freaking water. She spit it in the corner. He made me laugh. Well, remember because... when I said if you're going to do that, you got to do it in the corner? Yeah. Well, so... I did it in the recycling bin. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I thought, it was... I, thought I spit on the well, floor. I can barely see it. All I saw was you lean over and water's <laughs> pouring out of your mouth. So, didn't Gary say the word pizzazz yesterday? Yes. Thank you. Uh. Later on in the show, we're going to tell you why the uh, the new Jonas Brothers song is getting so cool. getting criticized. Well, it's, it's stolen. It's stolen. Well, it sounds like at least three other songs yes. that we have found. Yes. Stolen. Oh, so, if you're a Jonas Brothers fan, or the fourth Jonas Brother, you're going to be in trouble. We'll also talk more. Steve Gregory is going to join us at 1230. We're going to talk about the uh, president making his visit to the border today. And then in the uh, 1 o'clock hour, a bunch of cool stuff. We're expecting Mark Remillard to call us again. We're going to be talking about uh, that Timothy Pitson case. Of course, that kid that had been missing for so long. And then uh, some guy showed up and said, I'm Timothy Pitson. Turned out not to be him. We'll talk about the history of that guy because he's uh, this 23-year-old guy who came out claiming to be Timothy Pitson has had a history of problems. Well, the reason we have wheeled in the Anthony Weiner desk is because we have Anthony Weiner news. That's right. Former Congressman Anthony Weiner, friend of the show, we met him in Philadelphia when he walked by and I said, Elliot Spitzer, Oscar, go get Elliot Spitzer. Because my mind puts all nasty New York politicians into one file in my brain. Well, And and he sat down all 94 pounds of him. This was before he was outed as sending that picture of his crotch it was, which is in the same frame of his sleeping son next to him. Right. But after he got caught sending the pictures to Lexi Leather, whatever her name was. This, Sydney Leathers, this Thank was you. right before he brought down the Democratic Party because they had to investigate his computer and they found those Hillary Clinton, Huma Abedin emails on a non-government computer. Could you imagine had this question been answered differently? Where'd it go? Sorry, I was listening to the Jonas Brothers and I had to turn it down. This question had been answered differently. Can I look through the pictures on your phone? Oh, could you imagine if he's I like, mean, sure, okay. And uh, then I would have seen the crotch picture and then he would have felt guilty, maybe deleted it and not tweeted it to an underage girl. No. And he would have saved himself uh, incarceration. But he covered. He totally lied right to your face. Yep. Well, if you want to see a lot of pictures of Jordan. Well, it's true. Yeah, next to me. Oh, that's, all we, that's all we have? You're letting right. me down. Uh, you are clearly not. You. It's been, it's been a long time since you had a four and a half year old. That oh, is like some you're old girl. Oh, you're you, so old. You're haggard. You're 35. Old, old, old. You know what I love in that clip is you being 
embarrassed. I love it when I embarrass you. And you are embarrassed. As, uh, as is, you can which, hear Gary like of all the people to not be embarrassed in front of. Were, it's that a hole, right? Right. And you're like, jeez. Oh, like we're, this girl? we're never going to get a great interview like this again. Like she can. And then and then this guy. How do I possibly overcome anything bigger than KFI AM six forty with? With the Gary and Shannon show, I'm I'm totally. This is it. I peaked at Great this point. Question. Well, officially today, uh, our former congressman, not ours, but New York's Anthony Weiner, designated as a level one sex offender. He is He's- living in a halfway house now, following that stint in federal prison. And by the way, I can almost guarantee that that halfway house has Wi-Fi, and therefore, the ability for him to listen to this show on the iHeartRadio app. Anytime he wants. I really want to get in there. I want to find out the name of the halfway house or the address. I want to figure out somebody that's also living there. I need inside information. You know this guy's not going to be able to stop showing his crotch to strangers online. And uh, I I don't think the uh, final chapter is written in this book. What does he do now? What do you mean? I mean, they're they're officially done, right? He and Huma? Or are they still married? I... Googling. I do not know that for sure. Um, I know that their son, Jordan, he referred to him there, was being cared for by Wiener's mom, They're I believe. They're still married. Ay, ay, ay. He has to register as a sex offender for a minimum of 20 years, required to verify his address every year, visit a police station Every three years to have his picture taken. It looks like actually there are divorce proceedings. They just haven't been settled yet. Hmm. The idea that he was able to get away with saying something like that he had been a very sick man. That's Wait, what he said. I have, a, I have a quick question. Yeah. This whole Anthony Weiner thing, this all happened before Me Too and the stories of all of these super powerful people masturbating in plants and the like. Right. How bad is it really to send a, a stranger a picture of your crotch in 2019? When she's 15. Oh, right. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in the course of our show and the 56 minutes that we've been on the air so far, those guys in the other room have probably all cranked out a half a dozen uh, Johnson pictures. They know their angles because it's 2019. It's 2019. And it's not we're not judging. We're just saying that's what people do these days. You guys, you do you. The kids do these days. Blake's turning red for some reason. You don't have to turn red. Okay. All right. Coming up next, can we get this train back on the tracks? Oh, no yeah. more Good body. Idea. First of all, let's go drain the recycle bin <laughs> that you just spit a gallon of water into. Well, you shouldn't have made me laugh when you were doing jazz hands and saying things like pizzazz. I was telling you that I didn't say that. He's because, my hero. Because I was showing you how ridiculous it would have been if I went, pizzazz. Look at you and your pizzazz. Mr. Hoffman. This is a horrible show. That's a lie. It's remarkable. When we come back, we'll update that story. The woman from Costa Mesa kidnapped in Uganda. Talk about that next on the Gary and Shannon Show. Can you believe it's been 25 years? senior in college i remember my uh my roommate was in tears over the death of uh, kurt cobain 
bathed in tears. President Trump claims electrical workers will be in his corner come 2020. Of course, he's responding to Joe Biden's speech in Washington to union members. He tweeted that he's employed thousands of electrical workers and they will be voting for him. He did say that Biden did today that uh, he's very close to making a decision relatively soon about he's going to run. Just get. I don't understand what the waiting is. for. He said he wanted to be the last to announce. Well, he is. Once he does, no one else matters at this point. I can't think of anyone. Not one... Tim Ryan? No. No. No, I can't think of that being impactful. Oh, we got the final fur news. Yeah, I feel like that. Furry music. It's is... furry final fur music. Is this furry music? It's... How do you know what furry music is? Because I have a channel on YouTube. I follow. And this was a cover of the CBS March Madness theme. Played by a furry. Not really. Not really really what part of it. Not really you follow a furry YouTube channel. Not really this was a furry playing a piano for March Madness. What was that not really with reference to? Baby Harp Seal, Baby Skunk, Baby Snow Owl, and Baby Tapir are our final fur for our baby animal bracket. So the voting is going to be open all weekend. Seal is going to kick a... And then on Monday, we vote for the championship. So who's leading in our brackets? Do we know? Uh, I think Nick is. Oh, that makes sense. Nick is at the top. That makes sense. I'm somewhere near the bottom. Didn't do very well. Well, have you heard about this kidnapping story? Yes. Ugandan security forces are searching for a U.S. citizen and a local driver who have been abducted. It was in a wildlife park. Their kidnappers apparently demanded a ransom, and the American kidnapped is from Costa Mesa, Kimberly Sue Endicott. She is a, an esthetician, runs a skincare clinic in Costa Mesa, and she's on safari at the same time as a guy from a San Diego-based conservation group who then spoke. I saw him on the news last night. He's saying it very well could have been us. It was a bit shocking. They've been in Uganda for quite a long time, uh, as well as in Kenya, and they, he said they feel totally comfortable there and they feel safe. Yes, they do at times hire armed security to go with them, but more because they're trying to fend off being robbed. The expectation wouldn't be that they would be kidnapped. A rescue party of police, military and game rangers has been sent to find the abducted people. Now, these abductions are rare and this is a very popular safari destination. You said you would like to be part of the rescue party. You would like want to be one of the uh, here's what I special said. forces guys. I would uh, if this rises to the level of a Navy SEAL operation, and I don't know if it does. Remember the um, Captain Phillips? Sure, that was a Navy SEAL operation to free that tanker or free the cargo ship. Was it a tanker or cargo ship? Tanker. Uh, that was a Navy SEAL operation. And I don't know the calculus that goes into this when and if the president okays a Navy SEAL special forces operation to go get somebody like this. Maybe it's just FBI, uh, FBI rescue, hostage rescue team. But you want to be in the jump seat. I would love to be there. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? Well, you'll just have to watch the movie like the rest of us. That's also Okay. Um, now, they say that hard negotiations are taking place because you got to believe the people in Uganda know who these kidnappers would be. And you would think that if they did want ransom, that they're going to let themselves be known. 
Well, they say that they have cut off all the exits. There's no way that they're leaving the area. They want $500,000. The key to me about finding who these guys are and perhaps where uh, Endicott is with them is they've been using her phone to make these demands. Yeah. Um, FBI has been in contact with the family here in California and other places in the United States and simply said, don't say a word. Uh, the reporters who have been trying to get a hold of her and her family or, or of her family have been met with uh, a lot of closed doors because the FBI doesn't want them to inadvertently give any information which would potentially benefit the kidnappers and make a rescue harder to come by. They're worried about the aftermath of this, that it'll be the same as it was in 1999 when Rwandan rebels killed eight foreign tourists, including two Americans. They say that Uganda's 10 national parks that attract hundreds of thousands of tourists every year are going to suffer. Hmm. I mentioned that they were using her phone. They've also apparently been putting her on the phone. I don't know who they're calling. I don't know if they're calling her family, but they're, they've put her on the phone at least once a day to prove that she's, in fact, still alive. And a security official outside that national park says the entire southern portion of the park has been closed to tourists as these uh, Ugandan military forces are carrying out a full sweep of the area. It's unclear how long parts of the park could stay closed. Um, The northern part of the park is still open, but the U.S. Embassy has been warning people in that area to be careful. We have people in that. We have people on the continent. We have have American forces ready to go in Africa. Uh, I don't know if any, any of them are specialized enough to go in to do something like this. But I would be uh, I would be very surprised if we don't see some sort of an action relatively soon because these guys can't go very far. If, in fact, the exits have been cut off to the Democratic Republic of Congo, then they're going to have a hard time getting out. So it's just a matter of closing that net smaller and smaller until they can get a hold of her. Oh, it's crazy. I'm just looking through her social media stuff. That would just be insane to to. Uh be kidnapped like that in a in a foreign country well, don't do that then don't well, how, it, what do you mean don't do that don't don't get kidnapped don't go to a foreign country no okay i got robbed once almost in uh in rome uh, that sounds like fun sounds like a good italian vacation we were getting on the train uh at the airport i think it was and there were two guys in polo shirts they looked nice young gentlemen and they said, can I help you with your bags? And then one of them stopped the escalator that we were on. And my husband realized what was going on. And he said, grab your S. And we grabbed the bags and took off because they were trying to take and then our like, stuff. Krav Maga, yuck, pow! And yeah. just knocked the guy off the back Don't of the escalator. Don't want to mess around with that guy. The Krav Maga is real. I've tried. He, could, he could kill you with this pen. Well, with a pen, sure. Right. Uh, that was, with this uh, water bottle? More impressive? That would be more impressive. How about with this mouse? Then yeah, you could wrap it around the neck and stuff. With this The water bottle. You should have stopped Caesar at the water salad. bottle. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, some very familiar names have been cropping up in some high-profile cases. We'll tell you about that when we come back. And a 1000 bucks to give away as well.
Gary and Shannon. Remember the story of the family that seemed to drive off a cliff north of San Francisco. It was two women and their six adopted children. We have new information about what the intent was. Found out some things that the two women were doing before they went over that cliff to explain a little bit of this nearly unexplainable story. Very sad. <clears throat> we will uh, end the show on a lighter note, I believe. Uh, we're going to do nine news nuggets you need to know. Some of those stories that fell through the cracks that we like to put together to end our week. Talk about some movies. At 1230, we'll get into Swamp Watch and talk about political stuff, including the president coming to California today. He's on his way to uh, El Centro. He'll be down there uh, along Calexico before he makes his way to L.A. for a uh, fundraiser. And then uh, jaunts on out to Vegas for the uh, for the evening. Well, we found out yesterday. Well, we have a thousand dollars. Oh, right. Win a thousand dollars right now. Text the nationwide keyword "income" I N C O M E to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's income to two hundred two hundred. If you win, they'll contact you by phone. But you got to pick it up if you're going to get a thousand dollars. But uh, worry not, because we have another shot an hour from now. And, in fact, every hour from 5 in the morning with Jonesy and Wake Up Call all the way through the first hour of the Conway Show, we give away $1,000 an hour on KFI. Yesterday afternoon, we found out who was representing the guy who killed Nipsey Hussle. Eric Holder was in court yesterday. He was charged with one count of murder, two counts attempt murder, and one count of possession of a firearm by a felon and standing right by his side was Christopher Darden. Wait a minute, that name. Christopher Darden is synonymous. That name is synonymous with the botched prosecution of O.J. Simpson. Now, who who knows? Had the prosecutors handled that case perfectly, maybe O.J. still walked because of the climate in the city of Los Angeles at that time. There were a lot of uh, make goods, I guess, that you could say that juries were looking for at that time, following Rodney King and everything like that. And didn't... But they screwed up the prosecution. Didn't he get brought on after the Al Cowlings thing? Like he was in charge of the prosecution of Al Cowlings, if I'm not mistaken. And then the Gil Garcetti said, I want I want him on this team as well. And everybody goes, oh, clearly because he's the black guy. That was the impression that everybody had. Christopher Darden, haven't you had enough? Haven't you had enough? You were one of the faces of one of the most major cases in Los Angeles history at CCB. And now you're going to be the face of one of the other probably top five trials that will go down if this thing goes to trial. Uh, Haven't you had enough? When we watched his story dramatized in the ESP, no, was it ESPN? No, an American crime story, OJ. I think it was ESPN. Was it ESPN? No, I'm thinking of different things. But the 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 serialized oh, no, it was, version, um, American Crime Story, or right. whatever. Yeah. Uh, in that version, Sterling K. Brown did a fantastic job of portraying Christopher Darden, but also this inner struggle, whether he had it or not, I don't know. But it was dramatized very well in the show. Of I am I am this is where I'm from, and here I am now prosecuting. And why did you become a prosecutor? That, I don't know. You know, and I guess maybe that led him to do some soul searching and switch. To play for the other team because ever since the OJ case, he's been a defense attorney. They're all on the same team, and it's no. the team of justice. Search for the truth. Is that what it is? Wow. Anyway. Vitriolic. 
It is a search for the truth, isn't it? I guess so. A trial is a search for the truth. But, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe it, maybe the killer of uh, of Nipsey was like, hey, this guy got OJ off. So. Well, and they're trying to figure out who's paying for him. Um, he nobody... was uh, – John McKenney, who's the prosecutor on the case, has said that it was his understanding that he was privately retained, that uh, Darden was privately retained. Who's going to pay for that? Who's going to pay for that? I mean, this is the most hated man in Los Angeles right now. Who's going to pay for that defense? I don't know. That's a weird thing. Some, some. Furthermore, benefactor. how much does Christopher Darden get to charge? Well, if nothing else, for the name, he gets a lot of money. But the name is all about how he screwed it up. I don't think people care about that necessarily. They yeah, just think they're it's just like name. high profile. Listen, Carl Douglas, who also had, I mean, he was on the other side, yeah. the other team, to use your terminology. The he was on team. OJ's team. Yeah. He's involved in the uh, the latest uh, Dodger Stadium beating. He's representing the family in that. Which, again, it, that's not neither here nor there. It's not necessarily that... No one there is being, he's not being used as a defense attorney in that case. He's just representing the family so that in whatever legal proceedings can come forward. It's true, right? With defense attorneys, it's like it doesn't matter what they've screwed up. It's just name recognition, good or bad. Mark Garagas is a perfect example of that. How many clients of Mark Garagas are on death row right now? (laughs) And listen, if the answer is anything more than zero, that's not good. That's not good. But, I mean, he still gets all kinds of time because, listen, there are there probably of the high profile Mark Garagos cases and clients that we know of. I'm assuming don't know the guy personally. I'm assuming there are probably dozens we've never heard of. I know of at least two that are doing life. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm assuming that there are other things that he does and he's very successful at. Yes. I mean, he has a very successful legal business. I mean, it's not just murder. His uh, his representation of Colin Kaepernick against the NFL set him up for life, probably. Yeah. So he doesn't ever have to do another case. That settlement was much lower than we initially thought. Remember, we thought it was like 80 million and it ended up being under 10. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I think you were on vacation. Oh, yeah. Well, that's different. Right. So, so then he bought a new car as yeah. opposed to being set up for the rest of his life. Oh, Garrigus is very successful. He's got a lot of people uh, that work under him. Listen, he's a likable guy, but if I commit murder, I'm not calling him. Not even as an advisor? Like you hire him? Like just, as a buddy? Listen, I'm, I want one billable hour with you, and then I want you to – and then you ask him a series of questions, and then you turn to your other lawyer and you say, now do everything opposite of what he just said. Wow, you go hard against Mark Garrigan. No, no, I'm saying you're the one who was saying you'd never hire him. <laughs> Not for murder. I've just seen too many failed defenses. What by... about when he represents you against a massive international uh, sporting goods conglomerate? Because they won't let me play quarterback? Yes. Okay, I'll, I'll take him for that. I'll enlist him for that. Even if it's just, even if it is below $10 million, Yeah. At that point, it's probably worth it. All right, this bizarre family that went off a cliff up in Northern California, we're now getting more details. Have you ever heard of a special coroner's jury? Rare, but uh, but yes, I have I heard had of them. never heard about that. Well, apparently one was enlisted to tackle the details of what happened with this family when they went over that cliff or before they did. What led to that? Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment.
we get into trending, we're going to have to do that Elizabeth Hasselbeck tirade. Oh, that is why I woke up this morning. That was to see uh, that video long ago from when Elizabeth Hasselbeck and Barbara Walters were on the View, and they get into a heated discussion about the uh, morning abortion. after peel uh, on the air. Yeah, and then Elizabeth well, off it- the air acts in a very un-Elizabeth way. Right. Um, it, well, the funny thing is, is it wasn't really a heated discussion. It was like Elizabeth Hasselbeck telling her viewpoint and then Barbara just like patting her on the head and shutting her down yeah. without even offering any so, some sort of supports for the other side. It was ultimate Barbara Walters behavior. We'll talk about that coming up at 12. At 1230, we jump into Swamp Watch. Steve Gregory is going to join us from along the border. The president is on his way there today before he stops in Los Angeles. So we'll talk about that at 1230. Well, a special court, a special coroner's jury here in California has made a ruling about the deaths of those two women and their six adopted children who went over a cliff in their car back in March of last year up in Mendocino County. A coroner's inquest, they say, generally used in cases involving in-custody deaths or officer-involved shootings where public interest is high and the need for transparency is critical. But these are even these are rare in Mendocino County specifically. The first one, they said, in at least a half a century. These deaths drew national attention because there were stories that came out following this this cliff case that these women were alleged to have abused their adopted children. This is a str- we hadn't heard a lot of this information before, at least not that I've seen until this uh, uh, coroner's inquest. The the eight women, six men on this uh, this inquest jury found unanimously, in fact, that Jennifer and Sarah Hart committed suicide and killed their six children, their six adopted children. One of the women had searched death by drowning online. Terrifying. And the other deliberately stepped on the gas they found, sending that SUV plunging off the cliff. And then, of course, you remember they were found by tourists, I think. Uh, the upside-down 2003 GMC Yukon found upside-down. Your Google history will get you. Yeah, especially when it deals with uh, death. Right. Usually. Although they, it didn't for Casey Anthony. They went through this two-day uh, inquiry, and the investigators that testified described a scene that immediately generated suspicion because there were no skid marks found at the turnout where the car went off the cliff. They had examined computerized data recorder in the car. They figured that the driver floored it right before the crash. Now, this family already had a bit of national notoriety because one of the boys, Devante, 15 years old, he had a picture of him. He's a black kid. He was a black kid hugging a white police officer during a protest in 2014 up in Portland. That was a picture that I remember seeing, and it went viral. Same family. Mm-hmm. The um, the information from the vehicle, I didn't realize the 2003 GMC Yukon had GPS capability, but they said that they used the GPS from the device, uh, from the vehicle, to track the movements of the family after they left their home just north of Portland there in Washington State. And one of the, one stop on the trip was to a Walmart. All they have to do is figure out the timing, go through some of the receipts at the Walmart at the time that they were there, and they figured out that the women purchased a bunch of Benadryl. And like you said, there were searches about death. One of them was about drowning. The other one was about 
how much Benadryl would it take to kill a 120-pound woman? That's a bad Google search. Whether a death by drowning was painful. How long would it take to die from hypothermia in a submerged car? It looks like it was a visit from social workers that prompted the planning to be set into motion. They took off from their home in Woodland, Washington, the day that social workers paid them a visit. And authorities took the idea that they thought, you know what, this is going to be the end, that if they can't have their kids, that nobody was going to have those kids. I don't know how one person comes to that conclusion and then a second person comes to that conclusion as well. This is also strange. There was a family that was camping or a husband and wife that were camping in a turnout on the road near where this the GMC was eventually found off the road. About 11 o'clock at night, March 25th last year, a guy camping with his wife says he hears uh, notices a vehicle pull up that fits the description of their big 2003 Yukon, but doesn't think anything of it. A few minutes later... He hears the engine revving, tires accelerating through the gravel, sort of spitting out. The last thing he heard was the sound of the vehicle bottoming out, whether it's the undercarriage of that car hitting rocks, whatever it was. He goes outside to check, but remember, they're right there on the coast. So the waves crashing on the rocks are going to be able to hide any sort of noise or odd noise, perhaps, the engine cooling down or the the wheels coming to a stop. And he doesn't see anything because it's pitch black outside. So he doesn't think anything of it. So eerie to hear the revving of the engine. Now, following this, there were accusations of long-term abuse and neglect of these children. These two women had adopted these six children from foster care homes in Texas. And they lived in Oregon for a little bit, and then they moved up to Washington. Now, court and welfare records reveal six prior allegations of child abuse and neglect dating back to the, the women's marriage in 2009. Apparently, wherever they would go, there were allegations of abuse from the community towards the ladies and the children. One incident was in 2011 when one little girl, Abigail's elementary school, reported extensive injuries to the child. She was six and she had uh, she told investigators she had been accused of stealing a penny and that Jennifer had beaten her and dunked her head underwater to get her to confess. Sarah took the blame for that. She pleaded guilty to domestic assault and was sentenced to a year probation. Uh, Another time in Washington, two of the kids went to a neighbor's house telling them that the parents were withholding food, that they were hungry. And then when that social worker went to investigate the report, that's when they took off. Yeah, there was a uh, one of the sheriff's investigators said he uh, didn't believe that the hearts set out planning to kill themselves. But at some point when they're driving, they both decided that this was going to be the end, that if they couldn't if they couldn't have their kids, nobody was going to have those kids. Both of the women apparently had blood um, blood alcohol levels. They didn't drink, by the way. expected, and they didn't drink very no, often. No, they said that they w- were drinking just to work up the courage. But I, again, I understand. I don't understand it. But one person coming to the conclusion of, I get my kids or nobody does. That's one thing. Okay, but two people... To both come to that conclusion? Gross. All right. And I don't know what this does. I mean, I, yes, it is a, it's a final verdict, perhaps, from this, uh, from this jury inquiry, but uh, inquiry jury, I should say, but, but, but then what does it do? I mean, we all kind of had that 
final conclusion assumption in our head anyway. Right, right. Coming up next, Dean Sharp joins us. We're going to make a mess in here, and then we're going to clean it up. Are we, though? You always bring toys that... Yeah, I'm going to start right now. Wait, which are we? Are we going to clean it up? I wasn't really... Okay, Shannon's going to make a mess. That's her idea. She's making a mess. (laughs) Nick said we could make a mess, and then we could clean it up. Gary and Shannon will continue. Dean Sharp is going to join us. With the president at the border, it looks like California and 19 other states that are suing the president over this emergency declaration to build a wall have requested a court order now to stop money from being diverted to fund the project. Who's playing drums on this song? The Nirvana drummer. The na- the Nirvana drummer. Nick yes. knows. Yes. Nick knows everything. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Yeah, Dave Grohl. So I, uh, I've i been just saying Nirvana things all day, and uh, Nick is on top of it. Like I, I asked uh, Blake to play Lake of Fire, and Nick's like, that's not a Nirvana song. And I'm like, but they covered it. And he's like, okay. And then, and then said, I said, uh, no, I made like a little joke about no apologies. And Nick, like, that's not what the song's not, called. Oh, all apologies. Like, I've never seen Nick oh. get mad at me before until today. Nick, the bass player? Chris Novosel. Oh, look I at remember, you. I remember when Nick and I wrote this song. Do you remember, Nick? <laughs> I do, yeah. That was a crazy weekend. Oh, Dean Sharp. That was. Uh, a host of that home. That was a good one. You hear him Sundays right here on KFI. We wrote this song right after his parents gave him his first shop. Aqua Seafoam Shame. I believe that's true. I don't think that's true. All right. Uh, what are we talking about today, Dean? Uh, I brought in two of my favorite vacuums. Yeah. And I just thought I would give a, l- a couple little tips on uh, vacuums because that's a crazy, so wacky world of I vacuums. I can make a mess. You know what? Sure. Uh, yeah. Is anybody going to stop you if we said no? Yeah. That's, that's a, a good, good point. point. <laughs> and there uh, she goes. Wow. She just threw a whole... Hey, we're on... Uh, are we on your Instagram or your Facebook? What Facebooks, it? right, Victor? It is Facebook Live yeah. right now if you want to see the okay. papers that Shannon threw all over the I studio floor. Stack a torn up paper that we've... Wait, hold on a second. Let's let let's let's let him explain it before you start powering stuff up that you don't know what... You don't know what's going on here. Can I press the button? If you do, we no one's going to be able to hear us talk. All right. Yeah. All right. Shannon's having fun. Right, this so- is the first power tool I've brought in here that you have felt confident to turn on when I'm not standing right next to you, <laughs> it's by the a way. vacuum. Not to uh, be all sexist. Yeah, joke? not to be all sexist. Yeah. But- okay, so vacuum cleaners are, 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 I don't know. They are, number one, unlike so many other tools, vacuum cleaners are really difficult to compare. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like every imaginable accessory and claim out there with vacuum cleaners. People ask me all the time, what's the best vacuum cleaner? And and I just have That's to say, funny. you I know would, what? Honestly, I have no idea. I would never I no ask idea. you that. No? Wow. No. Because. <laughs> but what if you said shop vac to specifically, me, you're a, which you're is a big, brand name, but I it's think- still the. I think bigger for Dean. Okay. You know, I well, think thank like, you. Uh, I appreciate it. But see, that's the our show, we cover the whole spectrum. Right. We go from like how do you fix that leaky toilet all the way to here's how to rewrite this, the architectural story for your whole home. Mm. So, right. you know, I'm, all, I'm across the board. Concept. So, but, but I do get questions about vacuum cleaners because people get confused as to like, well, I, I don't know how to compare them because everybody says they have the world's best vacuum cleaner. So I've narrowed it down to a couple of things. Uh, suction is important. The strength of the suction, obviously, it's right. important, right? 
That's what vacuums uh, do. No, yeah, they don't. Right? Well, that's right. They vacuums g- don't suck. They simply cause to be blown. Just to be so clear. So you were saying, Dean. Yeah. So <laughs> So that that feature is important. And also, uh if vacuums I in my opinion they're getting more and more expensive but they've got an easy road of it these days because everybody's ch- getting rid of their carpets to solid surface flooring sure. and even the cheapest vacuum does a good job on a flat wood floor right. right but if we're going for mainline what vacuums were really intended for initially which was you know vacuuming a carpet a textile v- suction is not enough you have to have what they call agitation in other words that brush, brush yeah. has got to stir up the particles that are embedded in there because nothing else is going to, no amount of vacuum a suction is going to just pull that stuff right out of the fibers. They need to be loosened up first. Right now I'm seeing that graphic that they always show on television when they're little mites that live in the carpet. Yeah, let's not talk about okay. carpet mites because that's just a whole other thing. Well, why these two? Why did you pick these okay, two to so, bring in? Uh, so again, for me, around our house, I don't know, how it is for you guys, but, but, you know, regardless of what you choose to do with the gigantic, you know, the big old vacuum, however you go, 90% of the time, Tina is reaching for something that, and I say Tina, not that I don't vacuum. I just want to make that clear. But it's her job but to clean up She's your the mess, one who right? laid down the, you know, <laughs> she's the one who laid down the rules, the parameters for me. She's like, I want something handheld that I don't have to make a big hullabaloo to get out and get working. And she's like, I wanted to use it on the upholstery to like get, you know, we have four dogs to get whatever dog hair off the the couch needs to happen before the friends come over in 10 minutes unexpectedly. Right. So this is what led us to this. This has become this little guy. This is the shark cordless pet perfect two. Okay. now, no, I have no idea what the pet perfect one was. It might have been a total loser. So this is not a wholesale endorsement of Shark. But this guy, he sits on a recharging stand. He's got a pretty powerful motor inside. In fact, check that out, Gary. Right? Ready? This is not, this is like the size of a, uh, you know, a dustbuster. What dustbusters used to be. But dustbusters were just pitifully weak. This yeah. has got some serious vacuum uh, power. And what I love this brush attachment at the end, okay, is powered, and that's what you're looking for. So many vacuums these days have this little hand tool whirly brush, right? And they're but like, but it's powered but it's by the powered, right? yeah by the airflow through yeah. the hose. And as soon as you actually s- stick it down onto a piece of upholstery, it it's not strong moving. enough. The brush stops moving. It's a complete waste. This is actually power. So you want to look at the end. You see these little uh, electrical contacts. That lets you know that this attachment here is actually being driven by a motor and it keeps brushing things Great. along so anyway i'm very impressed with this guy we love him and uh he's uh 75 bucks do you have a name for him you keep referring to him as him uh well our granddaughter refers because i was telling you in the break she loves vacuum cleaners she thinks they're robots and she talks to them uh, this is purple purple this is purple How apropos. The purple vacuum and over here on the more industrial side of things. This is the one Shannon fired up earlier. Right. This is a Milwaukee cordless shop vac. It is barely bigger than a case that you would keep your tools in. And what I love about this is a compact, wet, dry shop vac. It's cordless. And so shop vacs are great. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're gig- talk about a hassle of dragging one out. Giant right? barrel. To get what is probably a relatively small mess cleaned up. So... 
we no, carry these onto job sites uh, all the time. What I love about them, if uh, if you want to get a shot of this, if I flip up this lid here, you'll see that the attachments are inside, and this sucker is actually powered well, that's by just the battery. Yeah, I'm big. I'm wow. re- I'm really big on uh, buying families of cordless tools. Sure. So this is the same battery that drives the drill gun and the cordless sawzall and everything else like that. So we can just keep switching out the batteries. And this guy uh, actually has a charging port on it as well. So he's just powered by a regular battery, and, and he's got a lot of power. And now Shannon has to use him to clean up the mess that you made on the yeah. floor. Do not use your dad voice with me. <laughs> All right, the president has landed at about 1230. Steve Gregory is going to join us. We're going to talk more about what he's doing down in El Centro. On Facebook Live, you can check out the video that we just, well, I guess we're wrapping up right now, and you can see Purple and, of course, the uh, the big Milwaukee shop. Hey, shameless plug for our show. Yeah. Not only this weekend, we're actually going to be talking about new stone countertop products, but uh, we got the official word. As of April 27th, which is only two weeks away, we're going to start doing home not only on Sundays from 9 to 11, but on Saturday mornings from 6 to 8. That's wow. exciting. Twice the home. Twice, not the same show repeated. Twice the content every weekend. Uh, it's the end of your Friday night clubbing days. Uh, yeah. 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 Or obviously, that's, just gonna that's make something Saturday I've got to shut down right yeah, now. That much more entertaining. Because <laughs> you know how I am at I the club. I know clubs. how you are. I've seen you out there. All right, Dean. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Gary and Shannon will continue. Not a Nirvana song. It's a great cover. It's, not it's a better song. than the original. Nick is track five on the MTV Unplugged record. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. Hey Nick, where do bad songs go when they die? They don't go to heaven where the angels fly. I said bad yeah, songs, right? Bad folks. You know, fire. When are you gonna see them? On the 4th of July. Oh, okay, good job. Uh, if you guys are keeping score, by the way. We're not, but... Uh, bar versus body wash. We're at 52% oh. vote for body wash. I have a... And 48 for bar. I just feel like it doesn't go as far. Wait, which doesn't go as the far? The body wash. I feel like you have to use more body wash to get the same cleanliness. Mm-hmm. As you know, it, mm-hmm. economic... Economical reasons should not factor into your shower. What's your what? What makes you think you're getting more clean with a bar? He's just and saying. You a, suds. He's just saying it goes further. It's the suds. Yeah, but if you put it on a loofah, that it makes all kinds of suds. Well, maybe right. I don't use a loofah. That's See, fine. If also, you, if you had a loofah, trust me, I'm on your team here, Blake. You know Loofahs should be well because I know you don't like. Outlawed. I don't like. I know you don't like a washcloth, but I use a washcloth and a body wash on washcloth doesn't make as many suds no, as right. soap on washcloth. Right. That's why you need a loofah in the gift basket that we were making earlier. Throw a loofah in there. But yeah. I prefer Dove For anyways. Yeah. Dove White is just so soft on the skin. By the way, Jim wrote in. Jim wrote in and said, hey, with a bar, did you ever think about who else used it? And what was the last thing you washed? And what was the last thing they washed? You don't I have share. my own line bar. from friends. You what do you mean? You, you don't share. You don't share your if, bars of soap. I have, I have my a own bar, bar of soap. soap that I have in the shower. With and your wife my uses wife. the same one? Well, she lives there. I let her. Well, that's fine. You know her. You guys share a bar of soap. They also kiss wow. Shannon. Yeah, I've kissed oh. my wife on the gross mouth before, too. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, uh, to me, bars of soap should not be shared, which is another argument for body wash. You know what's worse? Hmm. People that share washcloths. I'm going to have to text your husband and apologize once again. Because I don't share a bar of soap? <laughs> for the love of God, what else is going on? Time for What's Happening. What's happening? 
Well, the president is at the border, and so is Steve Gregory, because Steve Gregory spends half his time at the border doing various things. It's what he does. There Mm -hmm. is going to be a uh, security roundtable. The Border Patrol uh, El Centro sector is hosting this roundtable, and um, the president... He's been there for a few minutes. I mean, Air Force One landed within the last half hour or so. So he's going to do this roundtable, and I believe he's supposed to take a tour of a section of the wall that is currently being built or or was recently constructed and then makes his way up to Los Angeles for a fundraiser later tonight before he makes his way then on to Las Vegas for the late shows. Boeing is in the news, continues to be in the news. They have issued an apology and for the first time acknowledged that its automatic flight control system did play play a role in those two recent plane crashes in Indonesia and Ethiopia that killed everyone on board. Dennis Muhlenberg is the guy who uh, made this video today that they put out, and it's just him standing in front of the factory explaining what's going on. Uh, Where did it go? Turn the music up, and it sounds a little bit like this. It's our responsibility to eliminate this risk. We own it, and we know how to do it. I just feel like Boeing is – I know that they'll come back from this, and I know that this is something that they'll put past – or I'm sorry, put in their past. It will be behind them. But this has got to be an incredibly horrible time to to work in – either Boeing headquarters in Chicago or one of the factories in in Washington state. What is going on at the Grand Canyon? We've got three deaths in the past eight days. I have one word for you. Oh, is it? Gravity. 67-year-old man fell over the edge. This was on the south rim in Grand Canyon Village. Found the man's body about 400 feet below the rim. There was a guy from Hong Kong who was taking pictures at an overlook as well on Thursday. He slipped and fell. Okay, that's that's Darwinism because taking pictures, you know. He was he was taking a selfie. Yeah, exactly. I wonder what that well. I wonder how many selfie deaths there have been. The first of three deaths was not actually the result of a fall, however. A uh, spokeswoman for the Grand Canyon National Park said the, the victim was a foreign national. The body was found on March 26th in a forested area south of the South Rim Village area of the park. Uh, they're still doing an investigation on that to see the cause of death. But, the, I mean, it could be anything from, from heat to drowning, medical issues, and a lot of times the, the elevation there, the high elevation, will play a, a role in some of the fatalities. El Chapo's wife is hoping to capitalize on his famous name. She has started a fashion line called El Chapo Guzman. (laughs) But she's had a little trouble registering her husband's name as a trademark. Authorities say the fact that it's a name of a criminal violates public order, morality, and good manners. Uh, Well, of course it does. Um, Why would she think she'd be able to make money off of that? Because he remains a very popular person. Remember, for all the uh, murders that drug cartels are responsible for, people make money off of drug cartels. That's a lot of livelihood there. Uh, Also trending today is the Elizabeth Hasselbeck F-bomb rant at Barbara Walters. So good. Uh, It was recorded, I mean, it's 13 years ago, but they were talking about the morning after pill, and Elizabeth Hasselbeck was, I guess you would say, the conservative voice on the show at the time. And Barbara Walters was supposed to be the, I don't know, gatekeeper slash circus. Well, Barbara Walters was like the the ringleader, I guess That's you could say, of all the women. And she was of obviously the, the veteran 
news person and kind of like the mother of the show. I'm saying this medication should be reserved only for those special situations. Why? This is Why? not. This is going that's to be a, that's a loophole in your argument. I'm saying this. I wish that it were available. I'm not saying there I don't some... believe it's the right thing, but this is a slippery slope to just eliminating life. And you know what? For people who want the government to stay out of their business and do what the heck you want with your body and stay, yes, them out. Like then why are you for universal health folks, care? Folks, okay? we could go you on. want that same government. Elizabeth, calm down, dear. I can't. This yes, makes me so upset, mm. Barbara. I know, but we all, everybody has strong opinions. And there are many other arguments that other people could give you. I think the most important thing, which is what we see today, is we've got to be able to have these discussions and listen to other people's opinions. Yeah. Okay, she goes on to say, you can't throw your arms up in the air wildly and blah, blah, this blah. This is what happens the, when you tell an angry woman to calm down. But the key of saying something along the lines of calm down, dear, mm-hmm. do you imagine? If, oh, boy. <laughs> if you said that? If I said that? Uh, then it goes backstage, and she does not want to come back out on stage. Let's see what yeah, Sally Field thinks. We'll be right back with Sally Field. Cut to backstage. Poor Sally Field. Microphone still on. I'm not going to sit there and get reprimanded on the air. I am not going to get reprimanded. On, no, it's not okay to sit there and get reprimanded I'm, on the air. You know what? I've been then. Then talk if you want to talk. It, it, I know. What the f***? Like, I'm, 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 I'm not going back out there. I'm not going back out there. Come into my office here. No, I'm not going back out there. You know what? I can take it in the meeting room. I'm not taking it out there on air. Okay, honey. I'm not taking it. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Is I, I have to What the f***? I love it. I love it so much. Andy Cohen retweeted that saying, this is what happens at the Real Housewives uh, reunion reunion shows. shows. (laughs) Monica just sent me a Wikipedia page that lists every single selfie-related injury and death going back to October of 2011. And it is long. It is a long list, guys. (laughs) Careful with those selfies. And we're just gaining speed. We come back. A music update. Uh, Lil Nas X is back on the country charts thanks to Billy Ray Cyrus. I'm not down with this song. Jonas Brothers come back out with uh, some new music that sounds like about four other songs. And tribute to Kurt Cobain will be paid by Nick Viverka, who will cut you if you <laughs> misremember any of the lyrics. And a thousand bucks we'll give away when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. I'm on the This yeah. is a cleaned up version. I was going to say, what's going to happen now when we get to this? Couldn't play that. I, I did not. I've never heard this version. I haven't either. Oh, oh no, there's, there's, there it is. I thought it was a different version. <laughs> Nick's uh, really good. Again. Yeah. Nick. <laughs> Where's the pipe? Oh, boy. We got a thousand bucks to give away. Here's how you can win it. Win a thousand dollars right now. Text the nationwide keyword TALK, T-A-L-K, to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's TALK to 200-200.
Um, if you win, they'll call you. Got to yeah. pick up that phone. But sure we got do. a chance an hour from now, and in fact, every hour of the John and Ken show, all the way up to the first hour of the Conway show, we give away a thousand bucks an hour. Hey, we're going to head down to the border coming up after Amy's news at the bottom of the hour. But this just crossed the wire. I've been waiting for it all day. I figured there'd be some sort of protest right in Los Angeles against the president's visit to a couple fundraisers later tonight. An anti-Trump protest by Refuse Fascism has been moved up to 3 p.m. at Sunset Boulevard and Elm Drive. Uh, do you think I'll be able to get there in time after the show? Refuse Fascism. Oh, I can't wait. Do you have your Refuse Fascism t-shirt on? Everybody knows that the Refuse Fascism people forego t-shirts in favor of Sharpies on the bare chest. Ah. So I have plenty of Sharpie and plenty of bare chest. Is this a country song? It's a crossover album, Gary. Sounds like a country song. Right? Country it starts out this and way. rap. This is the official video, by the way, is nothing other than video from Red Dead Redemption 2. Guy riding a horse through snow. I mean, it's, I guess it's cowboy imagery, right? But this song by Lil Nas X called Old Town Road. It's only a couple minutes long. It debuted at number 19 on Billboard's Hot Country chart, and then Billboard took it off because they said you know it's not it, country it, enough. It kind of reminded me of is that old Bone Thug song, uh, Ghetto Cowboy, from like the... Yeah. Right? A little right. bit. Which, I, you think about it, might even fall into a, a situation like this. Right. Billboard said that this song does not currently merit inclusion on Billboard's country charts when determining genres. A few factors are examined, but first and foremost is musical composition. They said it does incorporate references to country and cowboy imagery, but it doesn't embrace enough elements of today's country music to chart in its current version. So you know what he did? He added Billy Ray Cyrus to it. Yeah, I'm going to take my horse through the old town road. I'm going to ride till I can't no more. I'm going to take my horse He sounds like Willie Nelson. He sounds old on that track. But, uh, so they're... You know, it's kind of growing on me. <laughs> I heard it first thing this morning, and I was like, no, not today. And no, now I'm kind of into it. Maybe maybe next Friday we do nothing but play Lil Nas X songs, something like that. Right. Uh, the other music story that we wanted to bring to you was the fact that uh, the Jonas Brothers are out. No, wait, 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 before you switch. The Jonas Brothers are out with their new song. It's called Cool. I'm feeling so cool. So as soon as I heard this one, you said to yourself, they stole that. Okay. Because it sounds to me just like smooth. No, smoke. 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 Smoke from a country song. Thousand words. Now, Nick may be the one to tell us this, but I imagine it's simply because of the chord progression. Is that... Is that right, Nick? Probably, it sounds yeah. similar. Yeah. Plus, there's more strippers in this video than there is in the Jonas Brothers. Are there? I've never seen this video. Oh, you haven't? No, I, I don't watch song. music videos anymore. I'm sorry, you what? I don't watch music videos anymore. You were raised on music videos. I know, but I, uh, you know, will you get to the part of the song where it's... Well, that was kind of it right there. The, the yeah, chord progression the sounded... smoke. Because it's, it, it, you just insert cool for smoke. Oh. He has a drinking problem. I think his girlfriend is a stripper. 
Well, there's something for everybody. <laughs> it's the same yeah. thing. The other one is uh, Jordan Sparks, No Air. Again, Jonas Brothers. I'm feeling so cool. Top to the bottom, just cool. Every little thing I do. And then uh, Jordan Sparks, No Air. Nick, how does this happen as the musician on the show? How does it sound the same? Yeah. yeah. I think people Listen hear it to and maybe don't and like realize it. it and, you know, See, this is why I get stuck in the same chords and progressions. You don't and, you don't rip songs off, do you? Not no. intentionally. Not intentionally. But the right. other thing I've said to to Nick is that he's got to go for um he's got to go for more cover songs so they don't get accused of this. Cuz that way it's clearly just a cover song. Nick's band is called Fierce Brosnan. You can catch them at a number of venues coming up in the greater Los Angeles area. Mm-hmm. Where's your next gig? Uh, April 12th. We're going to be at Scotland Yard Pub in Canoga Park. Oh, 12th. And, and then, then big deal on the 27th, right? Yes, for SCV TV in Santa Clarita. We're going to do a thing for them. You're going to be on television? Local television, yeah. Oh, my god! Don't, don't sell it like that. Yeah, don't this sell yourself This is Los short. Angeles. This yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. What are you going to we wear? We need to practice. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to wear. I didn't get that far. I said, yeah, and then uh, we got to practice. You should wear the unicorn up. head to be rememberable. I could wear the unicorn head. Rememberable. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Nobody's using that bar of soap up in uh, the head. Yeah, area. it's uh, April 27th at the main in Newhall. <laughs> Excellent. All right. We'll go live to the border when we come back. Steve Gregory is there covering the president's visit. That's next. Gary and Shannon will continue. To another says I'm lucky to meet you. What did you do with that sound from yesterday? Bring it back. Because that Jane Goodall sound is going to be part of our show Lexicon. You know, Petros and Money have the not much guy. We've got Jane Goodall doing a chimpanzee. uh, I don't know what that was. Was it a a mating call? Uh, It wasn't a mating call. Aren't they all kind of? No, it was just a greeting. A greeting, huh? Yeah, where Jane Goodall was talking about Mm. she wanted to... Bring the voice of the chimpanzees into yeah. Erica City. Let me greet you. Let me bring the voice of the chimpanzee Love into her. this space, I believe, for the very first time, yep. and greet you. Me, Jane. Me, Jane. How about that, Steve Gregory? Yeah. How about that? I bet you've been waiting what? all day for that. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, never a dull moment. Never, ever a dull moment. What Steve? is going on down there? Gosh, you guys, you know what? I'm at the border again. No. <laughs> Do they have a name for you well, down there? Is it? Uh... Remember when he did that investigation into the brothels? I use that word investigation lightly. but uh... so, You know, the thing is, that was probably one of the deepest stories that I ever, I mean, that was a deep, deep dive. That was one of those that I was, I, it took me a lot of work, a lot of effort, but it paid off. I don't know so, how to follow that, but go on. What's going on today? Would you believe I'm actually underneath an inflatable Donald Trump baby inflatable doll looking thing? Someone's it's uh, still trucking it, that thing around, huh? Yeah, it's, it, I'm sitting here actually 
looking over the road that's parallel to the border fence here in Calexico. And this is the route that President Trump will be taking literally in just a few minutes here, because we know he touched down about 40, 45 minutes ago at the airbase in El Centro. He drove right away to the Border Patrol station that's just east of the town of Calexico, where he's meeting with local law enforcement, some lawmakers, local officials. They're supposed to be having some sort of a roundtable discussion. Now, I will be speaking with one of those lawmakers. I'm not allowed to tell you who it is yet because we've not been given clearance. But I will be speaking with that lawmaker after the meeting so that they can sort of characterize what happened inside. And um, we can bring that to you Monday if you'd like. But um, they're supposed to be talking about border issues, uh, you know, the threats to close the border, things that are happening down here. Just a lot of the same kinds of frustrations and challenges that cities like Calexico are facing. Uh, the the threat of the border shutdown kind of came and was at least softened. It may have been completely pulled off the table, depending on the language that you've that you've seen. But at a, in a place like Calexico, have you been able to kind of wrap your head around what an impact that would have had on a place like that? Well, of course. I mean, the thing is, is it's major agricultural uh, down here. It, it's just, in fact, driving from a, a, a spot where I was covering a rally this morning to the border fence. My route was going in between major uh, fields. You know, I was I was looking to my left and seeing lettuce. To my right, I'm looking at beets. I'm looking at all kinds of vegetable fields and crops all over the place. So they have to be trucked back and forth. And where I'm standing right now, I'm looking at the port of entry at Calexico and the route to, that the president will be coming. And I'm looking at the, the big, long line of traffic. I mean, there is so many cars and trucks that are waiting to enter the United States and then go back and forth. Back to your original question, you know, a lot of semi-trucks go through here. It's a major trucking corridor. It would have a huge impact on an already very economically depressed area. I mean, this town is really struggling when it comes to the economy. They're already having high unemployment here. There's already a lot of issues with rate of pay. Uh, there's just a, not a very big economic engine down here. And to shut down the border cross-border economy would be highly impacted. Would it, uh, after this meeting, after this roundtable, we're watching on TV the president sitting down to the uh, to the table and making some comments with Border Patrol, National Guard, and other people on either side of him. Uh, is there a plan for him to go view a section of the border wall itself? And how big is that section? Well, that's where I'm at right now. So I'm actually at the port of entry, just to the west of the actual port of entry, it's near, I'm in the parking lot of one of the outlet malls here. And just on the other side of the outlet mall is a section of fence. There's about a two to three mile section, 30 feet high. And this is a newer part of the fence that's been reconstructed here. It's, they swapped out that old military metal that's been up since the 80s. And this is what he's going to come look at. Now, the interesting thing is he's already seen this kind of fencing before. That's that bollard style fencing where it's like the tall sort of um they look like big posts uh concrete posts and concrete pillars and they're cylindrical so you can see through them on both sides so he's going to be looking at a section of that and a lot of people are criticizing that interestingly enough that this is the first time a sitting president has actually been to the Calexico port of entry or anywhere in the imperial valley in fact so they're making a big deal out of that but a lot of locals here are pretty upset because He's just coming in for a photo op, they said. Right. He's not really doing anything. He's just showing up for a photo op because this actually has the river. Oh. Uh-oh. 
Is that is that audio from the the meeting? No, we're we're not playing anything. That was oh no, okay, no, I'm, you heard I'm something sorry, we just, didn't. Yeah, okay, that's okay. I thought it was uh, anyway. So yeah, so what's happening basically is that fence about a two to three mile section of that fence is what he's going to be. He's not going to tour the whole two or three miles. He's just going to look around. He's going to look through it. He's going to, you know, he's going to put his, he's going to touch it again, kind of like he did on the prototypes down at San Ysidro. So really the primary purpose for the meeting was to meet with the lawmakers today or the primary reason for the visit. The fence part of it is sort of a, it's just more of a photo op than anything. There's really nothing spectacular about the fencing part of it itself other than this is supposed to be sort of solidifying or reaffirming his commitment to building a fence along the border. All right. So when you go to the border, is it like Norm walking into Cheers, you know, old friends, <laughs> happy to see your face again? Well, here's the thing is, uh, Calexico, I haven't been to Calexico in, gosh, it's been 12, I think, I was counting today, I think it's been 12 years since I've actually been to, to the Calexico port. Which is weird because uh, the restraining order was only for 10 years. Guys, I don't know why you insist on doing this to me because you know that I'm a professional. Yeah, one hundred percent professional. It's uh, something. We hope to maybe talk to you on uh, on Monday and get sort of uh, a wrap up of all of this if you're going to be around, right? Of course, of oh, course, yeah. guys. Steve, right. we love you. Be careful. You guys be good. Have a great weekend. Thank you, you, Steve Gregory. There live at the border for us talking about the president's visit. And we come back. Joe Biden is on an I'm sorry tour. We'll get all the latest live when we go to Washington. Gary and Shannon. Like a shirt that says items may appear larger. Maybe larger than they appear. Yeah. Or maybe smaller. I know what you're getting at. It's like a net funicello. Stand by me. Yeah. The A and the E start to stretch around the sides. There's a whole around history the to sides. it. This is the great, okay, so at the top of the hour, Ryan Burrow is going to join us from Chicago. We're going to get an update on that Timothy Pitson case. Well, it turns out yesterday when we talked to Ryan, there was still a chance that a young man who had uh, gone to police. Back there in the Midwest might have been this boy who had been missing for eight years. And now we know, thanks to DNA testing, it's not him. But it's even worse than that. This is a 23-year-old dude with a series of mental issues. Even his own family won't won't take him in. But we'll talk about that at 1 o'clock. We'll talk about some movies coming out. At the bottom of next hour, we'll get into our nine news nuggets you need to know. Joe Biden seems to be saying, I'm sorry, a lot these days. Mona Kosar Abdi joins us now from Washington with the very latest, the first appearance for Joe Biden since these complaints have started to stack up. Yeah, he's also saying, sorry, I'm not sorry. Uh, It was interesting because we've been hearing conflicting messages from the former vice president. You know, on one hand, uh, he sent that two-minute video where he explains that, uh, you know, he hears the women who have come out and uh, said that, his touching made them feel uncomfortable, um, and he said that going forward he's going to be mindful of that and make sure that, you know, it's about impact, not intention. Uh, but on the other hand, he went on stage today and in front of that labor union crowd joked uh, when the labor union president embraced him with a hug and started off his speech by saying, yes, I did get consent for that. Uh, the crowd obviously loved it. They laughed and cheered, but... Um, you know, and then afterwards, when he was talking to reporters, he once again struck a more apologetic tone. But again, he didn't really say, I'm sorry. 
I just feel like this is we're making this huge massive issue with Joe Biden and his lack of idea of what personal space should be and trying and we're somehow conflating that with with women who have been sexually assaulted uh, or put in horrible positions by men above them in power this is a weird thing where I think Joe Biden was perfectly acceptable to make that joke that was a fine nobody got hurt it was a fine joke great but then to come out and and also say, but really, I'm sorry for being sorry about I'm so sorry I, I and I'm not sorry. Well, that's the thing. It's it's funny. He keeps using the word sorry a lot, right? I'm sorry right. I didn't understand more. I'm not sorry for my intentions. I'm not sorry for anything I've ever done. But yet he's he's re- repeating the word over and over again. Um, right. It's interesting it's almost, optics. Yeah. And we're kind of losing the message here. You're like, are you, are you sorry? Are you not sorry? But he did, you know, when a reporter pressed him on it and she said, you know, what would you say to someone, to the, to the women who want you to, uh, clearly and deliberately say, you know, I'm sorry. He said, well, um, I'm not sorry for my intentions. I'm not sorry for anything that I've ever done. Um, I've never been intentionally disrespectful to a man or a woman. Um, and so that's where he drew the line. He's basically saying, I'm, I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings, but, uh, I'm not sorry that I did what I did. Um, this The biggest issue, obviously, that we're making out of this, or the big issue we're making out of this, is because everyone expects Joe Biden to announce that he's going to run for the Democratic nomination. This clearly pushes that timeline back, I think, but has he given us any any hint, any indication when he would, when he would jump in? Uh, as far as a date, no. Uh, he did say that, you know, his lawyers have been advising him um that you know yeah wait to wait for this to blow over is what they're probably saying (laughs) (laughs) right and but he said you know just to be careful because he doesn't want the the clock to start ticking before he's ready um and then he also said that you know once he first started contemplating this decision uh that he's always been on the he's always taken the position that he wants um every he wants to be the last person to announce and that uh he wants to give everyone their time before he throws his name in the hat so he's basically saying that you know once he does join the race because he has so much name recognition all the lesser known candidates are going to get overshadowed well i don't know who else is going to join this crowded field i mean i'm just (laughs) looking at the list here already and uh it is long and i'd say distinguished but stops getting distinguished about halfway through (laughs) (laughs) it is a very long list yes Uh, well we'll see how this goes for joe biden in the next couple of uh, days and weeks mona thank you we appreciate it Thanks for having me. Mona Kosar-Abdi there in Washington. Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Beto O'Rourke. Did you see? I saw a headline on Fox News that a teenager asked Beto to prom at a rally. That was creepy. Uh, Elizabeth Mm. Warren, Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar, Pete Buttigieg, Julian Castro, Kristen Gillibrand, Jay Inslee. I had forgotten that name was in there. And don't forget Tim Ryan. John Hickenlooper, who used to watch porn with his mom. Wow. John... Well, it's true. John Delaney, Tulsi Gabbard, Tim Ryan, Andrew Yang, Wayne Messam. Oh, yeah. Everybody remembers the Wayne 2020s slogan. Wayne Messam was the first black mayor of the Miami suburb of Miramar. Do I smell another presidential election fantasy league? Okay, he played on FSU's 93 national championship team. Okay, That's that's not a reason to vote for him. Well, so he went to Florida State. Yeah. Okay. That's back you. Lot of great, a uh, lot of great non criminals coming out of Florida State.
The uh, the president, by the way, before he left to come out to California, did mention today to reporters that he is going to not attend for a third year in a row the White House Correspondents Association dinner, which is usually, you know, it's where the president gets up and drops a couple one-liners that were written for him, and it's supposed to be fun. The president has called them it boring and too negative. Remember last year it was Michelle Wolf. And she got in trouble for a couple of different things, including making fun of Sarah Huckabee Sanders' appearance. Oh, Lord. So instead, the White House Correspondents Association is going with a biographer of American presidents and statesmen, the very well-known and probably uproariously funny Ron Chernow that as their keynote speaker. Riveting. <laughs> anyway, that's a little bit later on this uh, this month. All right, coming up next, the bizarro story of the day yesterday, that kid who's found in Ohio who says he's the missing kid from Kentucky. I got that mixed up. I got that mixed around, I think. He was missing from Ohio, and then uh, he was found in Kentucky. Well, it turns out he was lying. He saw the story about the missing boy who was dis- who disappeared in 2011. He saw it on a true crime story a couple weeks ago, decided to uh, try and steal this kid's identity. Mm. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Gary and Shannon. We're going to be talking movies coming up in a little bit. Movies coming out this weekend. I saw some Twitter reviews of Shazam. Saw some good and bad reviews for Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could see Pet Cemetery in a theater. I remember being terrified by the original. You watch it downstairs in your dark. No, I'll watch it in the in 3 p.m. on a beautiful Saturday outside. <laughs> it's a uh, 94 degrees. <laughs> yeah. The windows are all open. Yeah, exactly. And there's not a creature stirring. Yes. <clears throat> we'll talk about those movies. We'll also do our nine news nuggets you need to know coming up at the bottom of the hour. Those stories that sort of fell through the cracks that we have a lot of fun with, of course. But we start... Kind of where we started the show at 10 o'clock today, this uh, FBI affidavit uh, affidavit filed in federal court that says a, a guy who was falsely claiming to be a missing boy from Illinois for the last eight years has made these claims before. We talked with Mark Remillard about this yesterday, and soon after we talked to him, the DNA test came out and said that that was not Timothy Pitson. Mark, what do we know about this guy? I'm sorry? What do we know about this guy? Well, what we know is uh, he is, first off, quite a bit older than Timothy Pitson would be. Uh, Timothy Pitson disappeared at the age of six. Uh, he would probably be only in his early teens at this point. Uh, whereas Brian Reaney, the, the people, the, the person that federal investigators say was claiming to be Timothy Pitson, is in fact uh, 23 years old. So he's quite a bit older. Uh, they say that uh, the DNA test came back and proved that he is not uh, Pitson. And uh, obviously that's like having the rug pulled out from under the family uh, who have said that there's been a very difficult last few days. Uh, what we do know about Brian Reaney is that he has prior convictions, including that he was actually just recently released from an Ohio prison uh, for burglary and vandalism charges. Uh, he was released just uh, last month, and so he's recently out of jail himself, and then in fact, twice before he had claimed to be uh, uh, or portrayed himself as being a juvenile sex trafficking victim uh, two times before, and it was fingerprints that uh, authorities say 
proved that he was not, in fact, who he said he was. And so, interestingly enough, this time when he claimed to be Timothy Pitson and was in the hospital, uh, authorities had asked to fingerprint him, and he refused. However, he did submit uh, a DNA sample, and that's where they uh, matched that, or, or did not match that, excuse me, to Timothy Pitson, and that's where they say that they realized that he is not who he said he was. What has uh, what has Brian Rennie's family said about him, about his uh, ongoing mental issues? Yeah, and, th- and that seems to be something that his family is uh, focusing on here. His brother, uh, Jonathan, says that uh, Brian has Asperger's, bipolar disorder, ADHD, and according to him, the list goes on. He says that his brother's been doing, quote, stupid stuff for as long as he can remember. So uh, whether or not mental health is just uh, the the bulk issue here or whether or not there was some other ulterior motive that uh, Brian Reaney had for choosing to say that he was Timothy Pitson, it's not clear. What we also know, uh, or or at least what the affidavits, the criminal affidavits uh, say, is that Timothy Pitson, or excuse me, Brian Reaney, uh, seems to have seen a 2020 show on Timothy Pitson, and that's maybe where he got the idea to uh, pretend to be Timothy Pitson, is that there was a recent uh, airing of an episode detailing the case, uh, which has received you know thousands of tips over the years. It's a pretty well-known case, uh, and he's not far from the area where Pitson disappeared. And so perhaps that's where he got the idea or had heard of the case and, and allegedly chose to pretend to be Timothy. It's hard to imagine the nightmare emotional roller coaster that Timothy's family was on yesterday upon hearing this news. Oh, yeah, it's uh, just got to be brutal. Uh, uh, Timothy Pitson's aunt said that it's, it was like reliving Timothy's disappearance all over again. Uh, his grandmother said that uh, this sighting in particular seemed to be one of the most promising and that it's just exhausting and uh, horrible to have this occur. And then, you know, not only to have a false sighting or something that just didn't pan out, but then on top of that, it just the, 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 the straight-up hoax, essentially, seems so much worse to them. And so this has been a rough couple days, no question, for the family who, uh, you know, remember in all of this, as bizarre as Brian Reaney's, uh, you know, alleged decisions are, on top of this, you still have a missing persons case. You still have this child who's missing, uh, you know, now for uh, eight years. And so this is uh, an ongoing missing persons investigation. And the sheriffs uh, from Aurora, Illinois, where Timothy Pitson disappeared, said as much. They said they're very disappointed that this has happened, and they have tracked down thousands of tips and leads and sightings over the years. Uh, and they follow up on every single one of them, and each time they hope that they're going to find Timothy and here's this very promising or seemingly promising lead and uh, unfortunately it turned out to be a hoax. I found it interesting that we didn't see this guy's picture until late yesterday and early today. I would have imagined that a detective looking at this guy would have said you don't look anything like a 14 year old. Right exactly. Right. And which which raises the question of why did why did law enforcement uh if they did i don't know the the true you know chain of custody of for this information but why did law enforcement let this story out if they had not confirmed one way or the other about whether about this guy's identity yeah it's a good question um and especially when you consider perhaps what the family went through uh for this and getting their hopes up or, or perhaps uh you know maybe this 
should have been looked at first. It's not really clear what the order of this was and how this really came out and came to light, but um, you're right. When you see the mugshot of him, um, you know, the age progression photos that the uh, you know National Center for Missing and Exploited Children put out, uh, he doesn't look particularly like uh, the age-progressed photo. Um, uh, and, in fact, in his mugshot, you can even see what appears to be a five o'clock shadow, which would be very bizarre for someone who is only 14 years old at this point. Now, whether or not his appearance looked a little bit different two days ago, uh, you know, that may be the case. But, you know, nevertheless, they did their due diligence to run the DNA and make sure that it is not, in fact, uh, Timothy Pitson or, you know, at the time, hoping that it may have been. And unfortunately, it was not. Mark, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. Mark Remillard there from ABC News joining us out of Chicago. Coming up next, we have a look at the movies out this weekend. Oh, and this here, $1,000, your chance at it right around the corner. Love that idea. Gary and Shannon will continue. played you that audio earlier from The View, a moment from, what, 13 years ago? Yep. A moment between Elizabeth Hasselbeck and Barbara Walters, and seated between them in the video, I didn't know this, was Lisa Loeb of the Stay oh, fame from I, 1993. That is funny. Uh, or, what was it called, Stay? I think so. Anyway, and, and so people are interviewing her about it, like, what was it like on the set that day? And she's like, it was super intense before the meltdown, and... <laughs> Lisa Loeb, when's the last time her, her phone rang to... She was on a reality show Shut, Was she? I loved her. She was great. Um, we have been watching what's going on at the border. President Trump is down there. He's going to make his way up to Los Angeles in a couple of hours and uh, probably two hours maybe. And then he's got a couple of fundraisers here before he moves on to Vegas later on tonight. So you can expect traffic on the west side is going to be pretty... Well, it's Friday night. Traffic on the west side is going to be worse than usual. How's that? He is uh, flying from LAX to Santa Monica Airport uh, via helicopter and then is going to truck on into Beverly Hills, we believe. But- hey, Sean McVay's home was burglarized. Rams head coach. Three men in hoodies, bandanas, and gloves apparently smashed through the back door of the home, stole $20,000 worth of jewelry, expensive purses. Well, no, he's not married, if, but if- he has a girlfriend, and I'm sure the purses were hers. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I was thinking how we're going to get his money back. We could start by giving him $1,000. Win $1,000 right now. Text the nationwide keyword WINGS, W-I-N-G-S, to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's WINGS to 200-200. Got to answer that phone to pick up $1,000 because they'll call you to tell you that you won, but you got to answer. We have another opportunity an hour from now during the John and Ken Show all the way through the first hour of the Conway Show. We give away $1,000 an hour also. forget all weekend our baby animal bracket is now down to its final f- final fur final, final fur. fur there's the harp seal yeah harp seal there's the uh, skunk skunk there's some sort of bird baby owl baby so, owl yeah. and the the no one owl. nobody expected no owl there's no owl what do you mean there's snow no owl? owl snow oh, owl snow owl i thought you said there's no owl <laughs> 
I was like, there's no owl, there's no owl. Uh, it's a different bird. Let's make sure he owl. Seal, sure skunk, owl, right. and the lowest seed, but probably one of the strongest, is the tapir. baby tapir going into tapir. the uh, final four. Mm. Is it going to so, be like last year with the 16-seeded goat? Oh, what, man, that was insane. Taking, I think that was just a bad seed. Um, uh, yeah. But the baby animal bracket final four voting, final fur voting goes all the way through the weekend, and then on Monday we do our championship. All right. Movies. Hey, you don't have anything movies. to do this weekend. I do not have anything to do this Maybe weekend. Maybe you should go catch a flick. Well, listen, the one that disturbs me the most of the movies that we see listed coming out this weekend is one called High Life. What's that about? It's a man played by Robert Pattinson and his baby daughter, an actress I don't recognize. They're survivors on a spaceship, and they have, they, they're on their way toward a black hole. Mm, likely. Okay, so... There's something weird going on in the trailer, and they never really get to the exact details of it. But Juliette Binoche starts out as one of the people on the spaceship. And there's a bunch of people. Andre 3000 is on this. Everybody, right? Andre Benjamin. And for some reason, they're, they're like, experimenting with making babies. I know what you're thinking. And some of it is like that. But I guess this girl, this guy Robert Pattinson and his baby daughter have to survive as everyone else is wiped out for some reason. It looks, that looks eerie. It looks terrible. It looks very eerie. Mm. Uh, another one, Amazing Grace, is a documentary uh, about the live recording of Aretha Franklin's album at the New Bethel Baptist Church in Watts back in 1972. But one of the ones I've seen a lot of mixed reviews on is Shazam. Listen to me, Darla, you cannot tell anybody about this, all right? But it's Billy. He's a hero. Yeah, but if a supervillain finds out that he's a hero, that endangers us, okay? A hero's loved ones are like the perfect bad guy target. Is she even good at keeping secrets? Moderate. No. Oh, God. Billy mm-hmm. Batson, this is a DC comic. Billy Batson figures out that if he yells out the word Shazam, he can turn into an adult superhero. Melvin Gordon called it the worst superhero movie ever made. Uh, I actually saw, I think Brian Suit said he liked it. It was a positive, and in fact, it was one of the better DC movies that has been made. Yeah, the reviews have been wildly all over the place. Uh, Zach Levi, I think he's very funny, and he can probably do this, and I know he's a big comic book nerd, so it's probably great for him. Jaiman Hansu is in that. Mark Strong is oh, in that. Peter Lou sounds fun god <laughs> the peterloo massacre in manchester england good lord yeah that's gonna be a good one um it's gonna be a fun day at the theater best of enemies is interesting taraji p henson and sam rockwell oh and the return of Anne haish if everyone was wondering where Anne went that's funny because she was a crossword clue on my crossword this past weekend and I thought, whatever happened to her? Well, she's been making this movie. It's called The Best of Enemies. Anne Atwater, an outspoken civil rights activist, and C.P. Ellis, a local KKK leader, co-chair a community summit, and then fight over the desegregation of schools in Durham, North Carolina during the char- racially charged summer of 1971. That gun don't belong here. I like to have it close in case I need to do my talking for me. This here does the talking for me. I have a Bible. Oh, you do? Have you read it? Of course I read it. And you go to church on Sundays. Hmm. Well, then you ought to know, CP. Know what? Same God made you, made me. Uh-oh. This is a lot of heavy stuff. Sam Rockwell, by the way. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of Taraji P. Henson outside of Empire, which I've never seen. So I don't know if I don't know how she's going to do. But Sam Rockwell is one of those guys that if he's in it, I will watch it. Here, here's one that sounds riveting. The public. In the public, an unusually bitter Arctic blast has made its way to downtown Cincinnati and the front doors of the public library where the action of the film takes place. 
okay. <laughs> How do you get who, that movie who, made? Yeah, I, I just How have the same thought. I'm like, I'm, I'm picturing a room full of people, and in walks, you know, Victor, and he says, hey, guys, I've got this idea for a movie. And they're like, okay, shoot. And he's like, okay, so picture it. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. I've already given up. No, 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 no wait. wait. An okay. Arctic blast at the library. You just lost three more people. They're out. They're out. Uh, but the big one is going to be Pet Cemetery, the remake from, I want to say 1988, 89, Sounds something like right. that. The John, uh, uh, sorry, the um, uh, Stephen King novel. A couple and their kids move near a mysterious burial ground that unleashes an unspeakable evil with John Lithgow. So what happened to your dog, Judd? He came back. Just like Danny B. said he would. But he was changed. It was when he went after my mother that my daddy put him down. For the second time. They just keep coming back. Sometimes dead is better. Sometimes Yeah, because uh, there's a way to revive your dead pets. And uh, you know what's really creepy is when you bring dead kids back. Well, don't give it away. Well, it's in the trailer. By the way, there's a movie coming out next week that is called... uh, It's the movie that Charlize Theron is in with her... Uh, with uh, Judd, what's his face? Apatow? Bank, no. No? Seth, da- Seth Rogen, sorry. Uh, and it's it's long shot. It's how this wonderful, beautiful, you know, I don't know, secretary of state, she's some political figure, ends up meeting the guy that she dated in high school or had a crush on her in high school. Here's the thing. I think they were all pretty much spoken for, except, Victor, are you with, a, are you with somebody right now or are you a single fella? I am a single person now, right listen, now. Listen, listen, listen up then. <laughs> Charlize Theron may be a little bit old for you. She's 43, but she... She says that she doesn't get hit on. She says, her words, she's shockingly available. She says she's been available for 10 years, and she's just waiting for somebody to grow a pair and ask her out. She needs someone to step up and take her off the market. Why are you still in the room, Victor? I'm tweeting her right now. Excellent point. Yeah. See, that's the problem. That's matchmaking. We can't, we can't tweet people and ask them out. It's, he's got to leave the room. Well, how else does he get a hold of you? Got to slide into all, those DMs. She's not that's in Burbank. Tweet. She's not in Burbank. You get up over that hill and find her wherever she lives in Hollywood. Knock, Probably knock, on knock. Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, show up in her front door, Victor. Great idea. Great idea. We Cute or creepy her if he shows up to her parents' house in South Africa with flowers. Cute or creepy. Does he bring a basket with body wash and a loofah? <laughs> that might be a little uh, fun. To get that joke, listen to the whole show. Nine <laughs> news nuggets you need to know when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Amy, what's going on? Amy uses bar soap, yes. not body wash. Bars she, only. That's right. She, and then I got a text and someone just went, ew. Well, Why? Why is tell, bar I don't know. ew? Tell Terry Ray that bar soap is perfectly fine. Come on. She used to it all the time. I'm cool with it. Gary and Shannon, 25 years ago, Today is when Kurt Cobain killed himself in Nick, Seattle. Nick, what would be your favorite Nirvana song? Um, I like one called Lounge Jack. Oh, never mind. It doesn't get played. Lounge Jack. Got a nice little melody. 
I love there's an F bomb in it. Though, so. I loved their uh, their acoustic set, the kind of acoustic set that they did on MTV. Unplugged. Loved it. Yeah, Lake of Fire, track five. Oh, oh, is it track five? It was. Is it track five? It was track five. Is it Lake of Fire? <laughs> Jeez, is in trouble. The president's down at the border today. He's going to make his way up to. Los Angeles has got a couple of fundraisers. He's going to make his way then to Las Vegas for a speech tomorrow, we believe. We've been keeping an eye on that. The other big story that about yesterday, about this time, is when we found out that the guy claiming to be Timothy Pitson. Not Timothy Pitson. Not Timothy Pitson. And now it turns out he's a 23-year-old dude who's done this before. He's claimed to be a sex trafficking victim in the past a couple of times. And his family says... He's had mental issues for a very long time. Well, we got some stories here. These are our nine news nuggets you need to know. Uh, These are all the weird stories that have kind of fallen through the cracks this weekend. And here's our first one. Honorable mention. Not supposed to mention. I was going to mention it when the time was right. It's network policy not to mention it. It's been an honor serving with you all. Didn't I mention it? What an honor it is. Great and honorable Moses. So today we're holding auditions to become the newest member of Honorable Mention. You ever been in Fresno? Yes. And in need of a chainsaw? I don't think so. But without the funds necessary to buy said chainsaw? Let's say you were. Okay. Would you ever stick the chainsaw down your pants? Probably not. There's a, Usually they come with the chain attached. Mm. I mean, without the chain, I could understand you'd... You could put the kind of the blade. You could stick it down this part. Well, and then, the guard. Um, well, yeah, it's true. Probably if it comes with a plastic guard of some kind. It or, is a slip-on guard, so you know that gives a little. Uh, would you ever want a blade that close to your baby maker? How desperate am I to get that chainsaw? Yeah. Well, anyway, he did it and he got away. So now they're looking for him. He drove a late 1990s Ram pickup truck, and the man had a chainsaw on his pants. Mm. The owner of the store says, you got to feel for these people. No, you don't. Not really. If you're desperate enough to stick a chainsaw down your pants, I, I do feel you a little You do bit. feel a little bit, yeah. All right, here's number nine. Uh, number nine. I did nine plays if a cop's dirty nine times out of ten, his partner's dirty too. And I speak nine languages. I stay up till nine o'clock. Basically everybody at table nine. I feel ready to go another nine in. Niner. Did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? Oh, boy, is this a story loaded with America. Loaded. A woman in New York City sued TGI Fridays, claiming that the company misleads consumers by selling potato skins that contain potato flakes and potato starch, but no skins. Oh, I knew it. No crap. So... The stuff at TGI Fridays is not as advertised. (laughs) What I want to know, why... Uh, the lawsuit by Solange Trans- Troncoso says that the Idaho Potato Commission and others inside and outside the industry have associated potato skins with healthy eating since they started appearing on the restaurant menus 50 years ago. But that this is misleading packaging for the get ready bacon ranch, cheddar and bacon and sour cream and onion potato skins snacks. What do you think the calorie count is on those bad boys? 7,000. Here's number eight. Oh, hey. A child is born every eight seconds. Listening to eight different bosses drone on about mission statements. I never understand these people. I. The people that go for the Guinness Book of World Records. 
you know, when it takes a considerable amount of time. But I guess if that's your thing. You're just go, not dedicated enough. Go for it. Yeah, what, if right. you, what if you, if there was a record, and I don't know if they would quantify this or even uh, say it qualifies as a record, but you watched every San Francisco 49ers football game from 1979 through 1993. Back to back to back, back to, to back. the Steve DeBerg years? Yes. Get okay. in there. But then you get all your championships, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, huh? Yeah, I'd do that. Okay. See, that would be a record. I don't think anyone has ever done that before. Would you do that? Yes, I would okay, do that. Okay, so you're dedicated. This guy's dedicated to singing. He wants to beat the record of 105 consecutive hours of singing. I mean, the Tim Rattay years would be a struggle, <laughs> but I'd do it. It'd be worth it. Carlos Silver uh, was able to perform 106 hours, consecutive hours, to break a Guinness World Record, but now they say he was disqualified. Yeah, he didn't follow the rules. The rules allow singers to take breaks of up to 30 seconds between songs, but video evidence shows him taking breaks of up to two minutes. What would you do for a Guinness record? Uh, none of what we've talked about. I don't know. Mm. Eat potato skins? <laughs> <laughs> The seventh son of the seventh son. One on for seven days. With the government. Sector seven. Five, seven. Seven a.m. Seven years of college down the drain. Seven. 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 Seven, seven days. Well, if you don't boy. buy toilet paper at Costco, it can be a little bit tedious, right? That's what Charmin thinks. So it's come up with a solution for that. The forever roll. Oh, I love that. They even have a special stand for it. This is just a giant roll of toilet paper. Yeah. Okay, so Charmin said, hey, we've got extra toilet paper. What do we do with it? You should get your son this. Why? Didn't you say he likes toilet paper? Yeah, but, I mean, it's that's weird. I'm not going to get him toilet paper for a present. Oh. <laughs> hey, buddy, I love you. I hope that you never run out. He just recreationally likes toilet paper? Yeah, I don't know what the... I think you said he likes, that he likes cleanliness. I, I think, think you it's, said that the the toilet backed up or oh, something. Oh, oh, yes. As a it's kid, like years ago, as a kid, he got pretty fastidious about making right. sure that you know. Anyway, it's better to use twenty nine dollars for the uh, for the starter kit, which includes this giant twelve inch diameter to- roll of toilet paper and a, and a holder to put it on. Oh, that's fantastic. Here's number six. I got six, you got six, she got six. Uh, number six. See, there's six more weeks of winter. Why do you have a picture of me, a rabbi, and six drunken longshoremen? Why don't we just stick her in a nursing home closer to us so I don't have to drive six hours? Drink another six-pack. Number six. Good boy. This is a good boy. Crystal is a, well, maybe a good girl, but good doggy. Beagle sniffed out a leg bone from a woolly rhino that died a quarter million years ago. Mm-hmm. I love this. <laughs> Crystal has been trained to sniff out fossils in the remains of prehistoric creatures by her paleontologist owner, Jamie Jordan. And man, these dogs love their bones. The biggest find came in 2016. 2016 she sniffed out the leg bone of that woolly rhino, which has been dubbed Stompy. God. The dog gets a treat whenever she makes a discovery of these bones. Mm. She said she was inspired by uh, Mary Anning. A Victorian-era paleontologist who would hunt for fossils with her dog, Trey, on the uh, Jurassic Coast there, the southern coastline in the in the U.K. All right. If you re- need to refill your dipping sauces, now is the time. We'll come back and do the rest of our nuggets. 
Gary and Shannon, middle of our... A New Jersey thing. Nine news nuggets you need to know. Here's number five. For five minutes! I have five rules. We begin bombing in five minutes. Five little monkeys. This is the year 5.5. I'm leaning on type five for Anaheim. Do me a favor and lose five pounds immediately. Didn't know this. Do you know there's a British flag there on the uh, on the moon as well? Mm, I did not know that. Kind of a fun little story. One of the British engineers made Apollo 11 astronauts put a British flag on the moon. If you haven't seen the reunion of Apollo astronauts, you've got to check it out because you need to walk into your life the way Neil Armstrong Buzz. walked into that. Excuse me. It was Buzz. Buzz Aldrin walked into <laughs> that not. photo shoot. He will punch you in he the neck. He will punch me. If you're not following Buzz Aldrin on Twitter, you're missing out, by the way. We did put our picture up, or his picture up as well on our Twitter account. Keith Wright, by the way, from Nottingham, says that he was working with uh, on the experiments that the astronauts were going to put on the surface, and what he had them do was he he put a little flag on there, little solar panels that folded during the transition to the moon, and then drew it out. So, yes, we know that that Neil and Buzz put that flag on the American flag out there, but they also put a little device that contained that little British flag doodle. That's fun. Four minutes! He's probably on his fourth tranquilizer by now. Commandment number four! There goes the fourth amendment. This isn't the same world you left four years ago, sir. Well, you've seen those gender reveal parties, right? Where people reveal what sex of the baby it's going to be, whether it's a cake or something that explodes in the backyard, (laughs) confetti, whatever it is. Never a good idea. Now there are college reveal parties. Kids are using cupcakes to reveal uh, on their YouTube channels where they're going to go to college. Is your daughter going to do this? Have a college reveal party? I don't think so. I think she'll just come to a decision, right? Should she she come in here and do it? Yeah. She could do that. Yeah. And we could could do kind of like, um, we could make bets on what school she's going to take. Is that legal? Sure. I don't know why not. Uh, but that'd be about a year from now. I'll have to talk to her about that. College reveal parties with cupcakes. Speaking of my daughter, prom is coming up. Three shall be the number thou shalt count, and the number of the counting shall be three. They were dead within three hours. Oh, three. my gosh. Security clearance level three. All three of you. Three. I got all three of you guys for the rest of your natural born lives. After about three, three days, they both start to stink. Three. I love this story. Prom season is here. There's a store in Dallas, Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen, that is offering not the usual flower corsage, but a croissant corsage. It all started with a texting fail. Last year, teens across the uh, country found themselves accidentally asking their prom dates what croissant instead of what corsage they wanted for this special event. It was an autocorrect mistake and it started blowing up on social media and people started making corsages out of croissants and the trend was born. I love a good croissant. Uh, but would you pin it on your dress? No, it goes on your arm. Oh, you're right. It's a croissant. And then you just take bites of it throughout the evening like, oh, yum. <laughs> What's going on, you two? Pick out two fingers. You One, two. No, there are two people in this house. There's two sons and no women. Two ringy dingy. <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to wear a croissant around my wrist all every day. Oh, yum. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, a new study uh, shows that uh, <laughs> Skrillex could be an effective way to protect against mosquitoes. Again, one of these studies that I can't believe people get paid for. Yeah. But um, 
Insects and disease scientists from around the world played electronic music to yellow fever mosquitoes, specifically Aedes aegypti, to investigate the effects. And they said sound and its reception are crucial crucial for reproduction, survival, and population maintenance of, of many animals. And if you play Skrillex, it throws off the mosquitoes and their ability to reproduce. I'd rather have the bites. You'd rather have the mosquitoes? I'd rather have the bites. All right, yeah. here's number one. We're number one. You're a number one. We're number one, Ben. That's all that counts. I decided to look out for number one. Are you the number one? <laughs> Row number one. Number one. Uh, number one. A man who first told all of us that it was the ghost that planted the meth in his home in Louisiana is changing his story. Well, if it's not the ghost, then what could it be? He's admitting it was him. Oh. Michael Ottenbury, 60 years old, arrested back in October. Police showed up at his house in response to a purported assault. And he had called 911 to claim that he had been stabbed on the head by an axe. When they showed up, they realized it wasn't actually axe wounds. There were no assailants in sight. However, they did spot in plain view on a nightstand an open brown paper containing approximately one gram of the suspected methamphetamine, according to a probable cause affidavit. Now, shocking. Uh, the pat down of this guy, they also found a little pill bottle that contained yet another gram of meth. And when they said, so uh, is this yours? And he said, well, no. And they said, where'd, uh, where'd it come from? And he said, a ghost or intruders must have planted the drugs before they climbed out the bedroom window. Do you want to know the final results of our poll? Body wash versus bar soap. I'm not sure I do want to get into this because I don't want to encourage the ongoing debate to continue, but... It's just a simple poll on Instagram. Just for the giggles, I will say yes. Well, you want to take a stab at what the percentage breakdown was? I would have said... I I would say 70% bar soap, 30% body wash. It's 56% body wash, 44% bar. Wow. You got to get into some body wash. I don't. Actually, and I, exfoliate. I don't have, have you ever felt like I was a uh, potentially dirty and that uh, body wash was the answer? No, but I think you could exfoliate more. Well, I, I'm not. I think that was a takeaway from our discussion. John Cobalt entirely is concerned about that. What's coming up on the big show? Uh, <clears throat> we got a good one coming up right after the news. Dr. Frank Grimm is uh, an expert in the field of kidnap for ransom. He actually works negotiating. With uh, hostage takers uh, who are demanding ransom. That's uh, very cool. He's done this over 90 times. And how you navigate that. Yeah. So this he's is... going to talk about Kimberly Endicott, who's the Costa Mesa woman who was on vacation in Uganda, and bad guys took her right out of the right out of the uh, van. When are you guys going to have the debate about what is better, body wash or bar soap? What time is that going to be? Uh, probably right after this. Okay. Yeah. And maybe I'll talk to Dr. Grimm about it. And see Just ask him. Just ask him. I mean, yeah. You know, body wash guy. or, And then also yeah. a good follow-up is do you use a loofah or a washcloth? Yeah, this is why we miss you so much <laughs> on, on our show. <laughs> All right. John and Ken, that interview coming up right after yeah. the news here at 2 o'clock. Gary and Shannon, we'll see you on uh, Monday. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings. That's it. That's it. That is it. Gary and Shannon.